gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. This is Ag and Report for today. It is Tuesday, June 26, 2018. No monitor on the right there. I don't know. We all right. We were okay with that. I want to welcome everyone to the to the program. That was just a note to our. There we go. There to our audio or video tech, Eric the Tech. He's a he's the man. I got to tell you, uh, miss him when he's not here. He's an important part of the segment. The man. The, the machine. Man, the the machine. mystery. So we've got a lot of news to get into. I want to thank everyone for joining us this evening. Um, I, I want to just start by saying something. I didn't tell anyone here in the office. Um, uh, just got a little bit of information. Kind of some some stuff I believe we're going to be ahead on, leading the pack on now. Peter Strzok is going to be uh, in, uh, testifying in camera tomorrow uh, for Congress. In other words, he's going to be testifying behind closed doors. And um, there's also going to be additional... Um, hearings on Thursday but oh, I just want to give everyone a heads up watch for news coming out of or as a result of that hearing that also involves Eric Prince well yeah they reported uh... no 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 this is something I want to give you and push you in a totally different direction this is stuff that um we had talked about in November of 2016. It involves Hillary Clinton's laptop, the NYPD, NYO, FBI, the task force, the Abedin, the 650,000, emails, the, the special access program files that were found, the timing. Okay, there, uh, um, how can I put this? I've got information that I believe will come out because of this hearing or not not what well, not what well, this will not be said in the hearing of course how do I know I mean I don't know it's behind closed doors but watch for little tidbits of information to come out about the specifically about the Wiener laptop and Eric Prince subsequent to and I believe as a consequence of the in-camera hearings of hearing of Peter Strzok tomorrow. Now, whether it's from what's said or from what, it's kind of like people, CYA, okay, not knowing, and I think that this is kind of part of the reason um, the the initial hearing is being held in camera. Um, I, I think there are, it's being done for a couple of reasons, obviously classification, but I also believe that it's being done to make people talk and admit things that ordinarily might may not be admitted to. That we're all waiting for questions you've all asked. Well, where is this information? And I think we're going to see movement on that topic. So you don't think he's going to go in there tomorrow and plead the fifth? It doesn't matter what he says. It, this is not contingent upon what he says. So it's just going to come out in the hearing based on questions that are asked to him regardless of what he answers or not. 
information will be presented. Let me as. let me put it this way: it's what people who are not part of the hearing, they don't have a clue what he's going to say. So, in order to cover their own butts, they're going to have to come out with some information that's been oh, long okay. awaited. Okay. okay. So he can go in there and, and, and you know sing uh, I got Mr. It. Rogers songs. It doesn't matter. What but does the fear of uh, what these other people who are involved in this conspiracy are going to be worried about what he's going to say are going to lead them to put that's other right. No, no, I just got I just got this bit of information. I just got this bit of information, and I'm working on the entirety of it. And I just have to say that I really believe that we're going to see some movement on on certain things, especially now, given the fact that that the left is playing the way that that they are playing the con the uh, now. Just remember, everyone, just you heard what I said. And the words to me, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when you see it and hear it. So, I'm passing this information along. It's only hours old. It's from a source of mine that I believe, I trust. And the message is... Remember the Wiener laptop. Remember the six hundred and fifty, seven hundred thousand emails. Um, remember all that. Remember Eric Prince. By the by, the way, it's no coincidence that Mueller's honing in on Eric Prince right now. Okay, uh, he, Mueller. I, what was it, Joe? Mueller um, grabbed all of his devices. Yeah, or he Eric Prince. Eric Prince had yeah, the, his he, devices. His laptop, his uh, his cell phone. And had access to text messages, emails. Uh, if I remember the reporting correctly, yeah, he he got he got uh, Prince's information, private information. So, and I think it was the actual uh, devices that he received. All right, this is a game, or not a game. This is a war, I suppose, behind the scenes. And I think that you're you're going to see some some movement come of this. So you heard it here first. I don't know. I have not looked at the news in the last. Six hours. So, okay. I don't know. And, and you might think, well, you know, six hours. But you know how fast things change. But what I'm talking about, um, no, I, I'm sorry, I have not looked at the news since 4 p.m. So this information I got after 4 o'clock or shortly thereafter. It was close to 4. And then I've been working on this since that. So anything that happened after 4 p.m. Eastern, Eastern time, I don't know. But I'm telling you, um, Watch what happens, and there, there's going to be some movement on this, on the Wiener laptop specifically because of of the the the, the hearing tomorrow. Struck hearing, and again, it's not what is said in the hearing. It doesn't matter. He can go in there and plead the fifth, or uh, you know, sing uh, uh you know, sing uh, nursery rhymes. It doesn't or say nursery rhymes. It doesn't matter. It's what it's the optics, and it's the fear of a couple of other people on the outside. That's really pushing the, this wagon. So, if that sounds too cryptic, let me know. If, you, if you're saying, uh, what, what do you just say? Let me know. But I think people who've been following the story since November of 2016 know exactly what I'm talking about. And I, I just want to give my thanks to a couple of people at uh, One Police Plaza in New York City. Thank you so much. And um, just keep at it. Keep your heads down and... and uh, you know, uh, we had Frank Serpico on not too long ago. Interesting man. Yeah. Just saying. 
So be careful, guys. <clears throat> well, I guess the uh, the big news today is that the Supreme Court had some a few decisions that went in the favor of, I guess you would say, conservatives, as they upheld the Trump travel ban, at, ban as it's labeled. Uh, many in the news today were calling it the Muslim ban. But also there was a, a win uh, coming out of California for the pro-abortion Huge. movement, which allowed or stopped the practice of uh, preg- pregnant pregnancy crisis centers that were, were largely uh, religiously driven that would help uh, mothers, you know, find other alternatives for childbirth you rather said than abortion. For a, a win for the pro-abortion movement. I'm sorry, the against abortion. Uh, so the pro-life movement. Pro-life movement, yeah. Uh, sorry about that. So these, these pregnancy crisis centers that take care and, and try to set up mothers with uh, the proper resources and whatnot to have their babies, giving them the other options aside from abortions, it was mandated in California that they had to read a government script right. telling the the, uh, the mothers, the soon-to-be mothers, that they had the option to go to Planned Parenthood to have an abortion at a discount through, you know, uh, doing this. And they had to read it to each. They had to tell each of the, the people there. And that the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals was the one who instituted that. And the Supreme Court ruled that that was unconstitutional. The Ninth Circuit should have never... How many uh, times have the Ninth Circuit been overturned? Just about every time. Everything that they ever do <laughs> seems to be overturned. But it's a, you know, a small win, but a win nonetheless. So now uh, they're not being forced to, to or mandated to read government scripts promoting abortion in these faith-based pregnancy centers. So that's good. And that's in California, too. So <clears throat> surprising there. But the big one is the, is the travel ban. And uh, if you remember, it's not really a ban. It's a 90-day okay. temporary vetting. John and I were talking about this in the office, show, and, and I apologize for interrupting. No, go for but, it. But the, the words that we use are important because, um, uh, and again, John and I were speaking about this and the fact we were going to grab you, and I, I don't know where you were, but uh, here's the thing. It, it's not a Muslim ban. It's right. not really a, a it's travel, not a travel ban, ban. No. So so let's describe it accurately. What it's is delayed. It? Uh, it's, it's immigration. A yes, it's a vetting process. It gives 90 days for uh, immigration and, and DHS officials to to properly vet uh, people who are coming in from certain countries. If there's six or seven countries: Libya, Afghanistan, Iraq. I, I think it's primarily Middle Eastern countries. There was some talk today about Central American countries being added to the list, but I don't know that that's true. I think that's just uh, misguided reporting or or fake news. But, um, anyways, the Supreme Court said that. All the lawsuits, all the pushback that uh, judges and other people came against the president with on this ban, uh, you know, all that's gone and out the window, and the ban is now upheld. Some of the interesting responses to that, if you um, listen to The Daily Show, we covered this a little bit, but MSNBC was complaining and crying this morning that uh, the Supreme Court seat that is held by Neil Gorsuch was stolen from Obama by Mitch McConnell, and if it wasn't for that, you know, none none of this... uh, Insanity in the Supreme Court would be happening. I mean, Man, I, I reading the the uh, the post, Joe, on some of the like like on on the opposition sites like Democratic Underground. Oh yeah, I was I was ra- laughing. At the same time, I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at these posts. There's like foam coming. Oh yeah, I, I could just see the foam coming out of their mouths. And even Joe Scarborough today called uh, Trump supporters precious snowflakes as he was. Uh, decrying the supreme, how the Supreme Court stacked and how it's, how Trump's going to ruin it for you know their the liberal cause uh, for the next fifty years and 
But then he went on this weird rant about Trump supporters being snowflakes. I thought that was really funny. And they're really coming after the Trump supporters. If you go on Drudge, there's a great piece up on the top left where we're going to talk about Maxine Waters and, and what Judicial Watch did today. But up on the on Drudge Report, uh, Montage Media, framing Trump voters as public enemy number one. Just in the last 48 hours, you have, again, the same old talking heads using the same old uh, bogus talking points that if you support Trump, you are a Nazi. If oh, yeah. you support yeah. Trump, you're yeah. a racist. You're part of the problem. And that's exactly where it starts with this uh, unhinged guy who's been on Morning Joe. Um, I, I can't remember his name. Donnie, Donnie, Donnie Deutsch? Deutsch. Donnie Deutsch. Okay, Donnie Deutsch. Uh, and it goes on to, to quote him in here. He said that Trump supporters uh, are the bad guy in America and are akin to Nazis. If we are working towards November, we can no longer say Trump's the bad guy, Deutsch said. In a recent appearance on Morning Joe, if you vote for Trump, you're the bad guy. If you vote for Trump, you're ripping children from parents' arms. If you vote for Trump, uh, you stand for the Nazis. Yeah, it's it, yeah, on and it's, on. It's on. ridiculous. So, yeah. So, someone, and I'm going to say this, someone is going to get, get, get yep. hurt. And um, yep. um, look what happened with uh, Senator Mitch McConnell. You know, you've got, I don't know whether you saw this or how many people saw this, Gateway Pundits on top of this uh Christina Layla, uh, I believe is her name, writing for Gateway Pundit. Leave my husband alone. Mitch McConnell's wife screams as angry protesters ambush their vehicle. You look at that it, video. Stephen and, Miller's apartment. Uh, Daily Caller, right. they're, they're outside right. protesting at his apartment right but, now. But, but, but I'm wondering, I, I was looking at that video, and I'm wondering where the security is. I'm wondering, wondering where... Um, I know they've got security. I know the Secret Service in many cases, depending on, on your. But where is the security here? And, and I'm looking at this. I'm thinking, any one of these individuals could have taken taken out the Senate Majority Leader, his wife, um, too close you mean for if comfort. They were intent on, if on they were doing intent harm. On doing that. Yeah, yeah. And then, rather than just disruption, because that's what that's what it's at right now. But yeah, I mean, just look. We already had last May James Hodgkinson. Take a machine gun or an assault rifle or an uh, what was it an AK-47 to a softball Republican softball practice, attempting to assassinate all the Republicans. That was a direct response from the media's constant hysteria in trying to label the president as some kind of bigot, racist, Nazi. And then you had Charlottesville, and I watched part of a documentary that was on Netflix from last year, um, and I don't have the the document up. I I, I put a few pages of notes together on it. But it was just absolutely crazy, and they they equated you know President Trump as a, with a white supremacist, and anybody who supports him was white supremacist. But it made me think, you know, they said that that was the first and largest white supremacist rally in in recent memory. And I think I said this last night. If that's the case, is that, there really yes. a racism problem in our country? If you have to have a paid it, it, these these uh, white supremacists, paid agitators, many of them, were were bust in with the same. Uh, people they were protesting against, and this was the, you know the biggest rally that they've had in years. That doesn't that tell you a lot that uh, this I, is I all being set up. This is all being. It's like yeah. the uh, the public is uh, Hollywood's main stage. I, I believe that, that it's not organic. That, in my view, I believe the number of racists, the percentage of racists. I mean, true full blown KKK yeah. kind of racists. It's like nothing would, would be less than it, homosexuality. It, exactly, it would be on par with the number of true homosexuals in this country. It's a very, very sliver. I mean, they exist. Believe me, 
and it's repugnant. Racism is repugnant, but I think it's it's overly used. It um, is, and, and but know. they they uh, you know they tried that. It, see what what the left has been doing, and they they thought they just now found their solution with these these children, uh, but they've been looking for ways to take down President Trump. They've been looking for ways to delegitimize him and his supporters. Now these same people who are the biggest proponents of abortion. These same people who will cover up, you know, the pedogate scandals and the child sex trafficking yep. are going to be the biggest voices against, you know, immigration policies being enforced. And then to even call for the, the deaths and kidnappings and raping of other children who disagree with you politically or whose parents disagree with you politically is the height of hypocrisy. And uh, even just talking with Renee, she even uh, expressed her disgust with the current political atmosphere and how it has just gotten so out of hand and how people are going to get hurt. And she also believes that this is going to... I mean, what the left is doing to themselves is basically self-destruction. People are going to go out and vote against the left in the 2018 midterms just out of spite based on their behavior. And if that's the case, they're in for... I mean, their 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 party will never be over, but they're in, in uh, self-destruct mode. I mean, what do they stand for? Do they stand for the American people? Do they stand for workers? Do they stand for, no. you know, the economy no. to be better? Do they stand for more freedoms? None of that. None of that. They stand against all of that. Against life. So what's left for them to, to, uh, hold on to? Well, this child immigration thing is going to be going away, uh, out of the news, I believe, at least out of the pe- attention of those who follow the news. I think a lot of people are, uh, even, even, listen to this, even Debbie Wasserman Schultz. <laughs> went to an immigration. Did you see this? No. Went to an immigration center. One of these ones where they said ch- there were children in cages, and she praised the the staff and the personnel and saying it was it was great. I mean, there was no abuse or mistreatment. Or it's on the Daily Caller. It's something like uh, Debbie Washerman Schultz visited the detention center, and her her uh, response will surprise you. I think something like that is is the headline. But. I don't know. They're they're trying to create a situation where where they're they're feeding you lies and they want you to react to those lies, and some are. And then hence the Mitch McConnell and other people protesting uh, personnel. But you know these people like Maxine Waters, Nancy Pelosi, even Nancy Pelosi is saying you know chill out on the uh, on the harassing of of Republicans. So it's, it's, pr- it's pretty bad office. when you got Nancy Pelosi, yeah. you know, counseling the left. Maxine Waters and more, you know, or Mitch or uh, um, Schumer doing the same thing. It, it's it's got to be pretty bad. And I wonder how true this is. But yeah. yesterday, Michael Savage said on his radio show that that's the difference between uh, good and experienced political operatives working for you. The difference between uh, Maxine Waters and Nancy Pelosi, because if Nancy Pelosi, he, he's saying Nancy Pelosi has a much higher caliber of of uh, political advisors working for her. To tell her to say these things where Maxine Waters people are not, or, or she's not listening to them. But it's, it's a, it's a money issue. It's a support issue. And if you go too far, you're going to lose that money. You're going to lose that support. And he made the argument Nancy Pelosi's people see that, that the writing's on the wall and to push back from this to appear to be more moderate and reasonable as to not fall into the trap of becoming irrelevant, uh, you know, from being such, so unhinged. So, uh, very interesting points of view. But either way, Maxine Waters, being referred to congressional investigation for violating House ethics, uh, and actually Laura Loomer got in her face today and uh, stuck a camera in her face. Yeah, I tweeted about I that along with that, uh, Charles Ortel. Uh, uh, I think Laura did a good job. 
uh, you know, I don't like ambush journalism. However, I don't classify well, it. that. It's not, I mean, ambush journalism now is. But, but yeah, but this is not that friendly. Okay, right. Compared but Laura, matter. Laura did attempt to get Maxine Waters to to answer some questions, and Maxine just didn't cooperate. It's just it was just a good. Um, uh, th- thank God for people like Laura Loomer, who's because you you you're not going to get this on on, right. on the uh, anywhere else, you know. Well, you'll get it from the other side, like Jim Acosta, well, yeah. you know, yelling at Kim Jong-un and President Trump as they're meeting. I don't know how many people, if you guys want to laugh, uh, go to CNN's website or go to the uh, YouTube channel. Go home, Jim. Yesterday in South Carolina, President Trump held a rally, and Jim Acosta was, you know, the senior White House reporter for CNN, was there reporting. And uh, the crowd, thousands of people in the stadium. And as he's reporting, as Wolf Blitzer cuts to him, you can hardly hear him talk over the whole arena screaming go home Jim and then fake news CNN and in the background this guy has this big sign it's right behind Jim Acosta's head it says CNN sucks and I just thought that was so funny and, and go home Jim they were they were chanting but you notice the they weren't chanting yeah. you know uh, you know kidnap his kids uh, kill his family you know deny him service they weren't chanting any of that right. stuff they're just telling him to go home and then calling him for what he was a, a fake news agent no attacks no physical Violence or intimidation, just a little verbal fun. Well, but yeah. Anyway, are we tired of winning yet? I mean, in, in this case, I do believe that today was a good day. The Supreme Court decision, and, and it's it's funny how they go back to, as you said, the um, stolen, stolen, yeah, stolen. Well, that brings uh, up another question. I saw. Um, we we all have heard that there might be at least one more Supreme Court seat opening during Trump's presidency but if he is there for another term if he's there for 2024 there's a possibility of two seats opening up and they even say there's a possibility of two seats opening up before the end of his first term does anyone check to see if if ginsburg's been embalmed i mean yeah. um i just curious kind of like weekend at bernie's you know to just but you talk about check to make sure wellness check maybe if there's two seats two more seats that open up under president trump that would ensure that at least the Supreme Court would be conservative-leaning for the next 30 to 40, 50 years. And what would that matter? Oh, I yeah. mean, it, it's it's at least one area where we can hope that things go right and we can get that done because that will keep at bay. I mean, what, what's some of the biggest problems in, the, in our country? That our laws are, are picked apart by vultures who call themselves lawyers who are mostly all part of a communist network, but we don't have to get into that today. And, you know, the ACLUs who have turned, uh, you know, from at least doing some good to all negative. But with the Supreme Court being mostly conservative and uh, being rather young, at least if they do get two more seats, that might stave off, you know, the the uh, destruction of the country for, what, a few more years if we're lucky. I mean, it's something to be hopeful for. Well, you know, I look... Um, you don't know sometimes how Supreme Court justices will. You, you can kind of have a good idea how they're going to fare, and that, that's all, all of this is connected. I mean, who who approves the appointments? It's Congress, right? So you've got to uh, the, the timing of this has got to be right, and then Congress is going to have to approve the appointments. And it, so, um, barring any odd situations. Um, in, in civics majors know what I'm talking about, but but uh, bottom line is, yeah, we we could we could see a 
a push toward a more uh, more conservative Supreme Court. It's kind of interesting to watch the the people on the left, the pro, the anti-God, not not the the anti-God people on the left, the anti-God, anti-Constitution uh, people on the left, saying, "Oh my gosh, I wonder if my marriage license is going to be good, you know, after the next appointment." And they're talking about their, of course, their homosexual air quote marriage air quote again yeah um yeah so anyway uh, i i want to mention too real quick uh these uh, uh stephanie wilkinson the owner of the red hen she resigned as the uh, um saw that coming director of main street lexington business group i just wanted sure. to throw that out there Call there's, for that. yeah uh, and there, there, there's so much more to that uh because again she followed the family into another restaurant and Organize a protest, and there's more to that story than and, and Maxine Waters uh, is going. Is, Tom Fenton of Judicial Watch was urging Maxine Waters be investigated for encouraging violence against Trump officials. Just briefly, he says this is not about Waters' freedom of speech. It's not even an example of yelling fire in a theater. It's about inciting mob violence. The House needs to act quickly to hold her accountable for this dangerous incitement. What they are claiming is that Waters violated House rules, specifically a member delegate. Uh, commissioner, officer, or employee of the House shall conduct himself at all times in a manner that shall reflect credibility on the House. House Rule 23, Clause 1. So Judicial Watch is asking that the U.S. representatives uh, and the House Committee on Ethics investigate her and determine whether she violated House ethic, ethics rules by encouraging violence against Trump administration cabinet members. So that's an interesting piece of information we're going to continue to follow. And, yes, they should have the investigation, and she should be held accountable. But at the same time, as I was saying earlier, let her continue to talk. She's only making the case for President Trump and the reasonable Americans out there of why we need to avoid people like Maxine Waters, like the plague, and why they're so dangerous for our country. In the next segment, we want to hear from you. From 730 to 8, we're going to be opening the phone lines. The number, 844-769-2944. That's 844-769-2944. We specifically want to hear from you on just a number of things. One, the political atmosphere that we're in today, the, the rising tensions. Where do you guys see this going? Where do you think it's going to go? What, uh, what, what do you expect? How do you expect all this to end, if at all? Um, and, and anything else, uh, what do you want callers to talk about? Let's keep it real focused. Um, current events, period. Okay, current events. I kind of got you off guard there. The Sarah Huckabee Sanders stuff, the, the Maxine Waters stuff, the political atmosphere, the anti-Trump hatred, the 2018 midterm elections. So all the, all those topics are on the board. When we come back, you're listening and, to and this make edition of the Hagman Report. Yeah, quick, quick calls. We'll get to as many as possible. During the break, we were just uh, watching that Mitch McConnell tape of uh, him being surrounded by you know, angry protesters and his wife saying, get away from my husband, get away from uh, us. There, there might have been a female security a- agent in there. I, I don't know. It just looked too close for comfort for me. Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, that's what we want to know. We want to take, we're going to be taking your calls. We've got a full boat of callers, and we're going to get through these as fast as possible. But we want to hear anything you have to say about the political atmosphere, the tensions, the 2018 midterm elections, the anti-Trump 
rhetoric and sentiment and the just uh, hysteria of the media fanning the flames of, of this uh, uh, tension and this anger. We're going to start by going to Carol in Texas. Carol, welcome to the Hagman Report. Thank you, Joe. And I wanted to thank you and your dad for putting on an awesome program. I'm originally from Pennsylvania, but I wound up down here in Texas. I I was in the Air Force for a while, and I'm a physician's assistant. And uh, I just think that uh, the left is trying to foment civil war. I really honestly believe that Barack Obama or Barry Sotero or whatever you want to call them, and Valerie Jarrett and their little their little castle over there outside of the White House are actually behind all of this with yep. uh, the help from other people. And um, I honestly believe that the noose is starting to tighten around some of these government felons, and I think that the pressure is starting to get to them. And if it was up to me, I would put... Uh, Mr. Sotero and Ms. Jarrett and the rest of his crew that are trying to foment civil war on the end of a rope. <laughs> well, you know, the the, uh, the argument for uh, are these people committing sedition, are these people committing treason is uh, a legitimate one. And, you know, uh, again, is a House ethics investigation enough for the rhetoric we're seeing out of people like Maxine Waters? It's definitely very contentious, and these people are... Uh, doing their best, as you said, to foment this civil war. That's what they want. And if they get what they want, that will be a reason for, you know, the loss of freedom, more control. I don't think they know what they're going to get. Well, you're right, Doug, because there's a lot of us veterans out there who would love to give it to them. And if they continue down this path, there are quite a few million, 40 million veterans that will take them out in a New York minute. Tell you what, period. It's, it's, it's good, yeah. Well, thank yeah. you, Carol. Uh, Carol thanks for listening. And, fantastic. And thanks for the call. We're going to try to get to as many callers as possible. So we're going to move on. Right. God bless, bless you. you, and have a great night. Keep up, the, keep up the good work, guys. I'm from the east part of Pennsylvania, but now it's Texan. We well, love Texas. We, we love Texas, and uh, it's a good move. Good move on your part. All right, All right take Karen. care, guys. All right, have a good one. Bye. All right, we're going to go to next Robert in California. Robert, you're live on the Hagman Report. Good evening, Joe. Good evening, Doug. Thank you for taking my call. We uh, we need to heighten the level of situational awareness. These people are capable of anything. Right now, yeah. sitting around waiting for something to happen, it, it's not a good plan of action. I can recommend reading the book, The Coming Insurrection. It was uh, written by a bunch of anarchists and came out in 2007. It shows their action plan, the coming insurrection. Now, just read that, and you can anticipate what these people are going to do. Across the board, it's happening in every state, pretty much around the world. Uh, this doesn't happen organically. There's obviously some some kind of uh, agenda or shadow operator funding this from behind. So, How close are we, Robert, to, to, to seeing take, something break up? How close are we? Well, it's happening daily. They are probing us daily, Doug. I, being in Northern California and Southern California, you can see it up and down the state. These attempts at anarchy or lashing out at their government. There, there has to be a plan 
to stop this. If it, if it means withdrawing people from office, just put them in handcuffs, take them out. But if you're going to do that, do it immediately. Don't broadcast it to them to where they can anticipate, you know, some kind of retaliatory action because we're getting behind their eight ball. We can't let that happen. We have got to take point and, you know, have a view of 10 miles down the road knowing what they're doing. I want my leader to be able to anticipate what's coming. That's right. And the situa- situational awareness part is uh, so crucial uh, today, and, and you're, you're exactly right. And these people are, yeah, are capable of anything. i maintain a constant vigilance, but at least be aware of your surroundings. Be aware yes. of what's happening in your local government and nationwide for, for that instance. You know, I'm still curious what's, what's the cause of that Texas hospital explosion today. So. I didn't see we, that. We re- well, guys, look it up. It happened in Gatesville, Texas. Okay. About five hours ago. Alright, we will do that. Interesting. Alright, you guys, great talking to you. You do an awesome work. Thank you for your time. And, and thank you. And by the way, we do have a copy of the coming insurrection here at the office. And uh, awesome. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's from the reason. Anarchist Library, I believe. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for recommending you. that. Bye bye. All right, thanks, Robert. All right, we're going to go next to Maria in Virginia. Maria, you're live on the Hagman Report. Hi, guys. Wonderful to hear uh, you hi. again. This uh, is Maria. If if I can yeah. say, uh, this is Maria Canis. She's the author. Prepare for persecution. She's a fantastic author. If you, among other books, but folks go to Amazon, purchase Prepare for Persecution. Yeah, the Prepare for Persecution. Uh, a lot of other great works yeah, too. Yeah, I was going through my library yep. and I found a stack, maybe six or seven of her books. There's two of them. I can't remember the titles. I don't want to read again though. But uh, uh, she's well-deserving of, uh, y'all need to read this book, Prepare for Persecution, because this is exactly where we're at, and uh, she was so far ahead of her time. Maria, sorry to take that time up, but I wanted to give you a proper introduction. Go ahead. Lucy, thank you. Listen, uh, we are at that time. That's exactly why I jumped on the phone so fast. And I want to please encourage people to pray. We need to be informed. We need to take action. But we also have to pray. You know, you, you've got two hands, right right hand and the left hand. We can use both of them at the same time. So we can pray while we're walking, we can pray while we're driving, we can pray while we're doing things, we can pray while we're listening to the show. And one thing we pray for is for God to keep on exposing all this mess. Like it's wonderful that Peter Strzok's going to be talking tomorrow and other folks are likely to roll over and say some things to try to protect themselves. Well, let's pray God will really expose it. We want major exposure, not just a little bit. And we want it to really get out to the people that the mainstream media can't block it. They've got their schemes, but God's bigger. Our God is bigger than anything they can do, and we just need to really hunker down and pray. And that's why I called in. You're exactly right. And as you said, uh, you know, you can pray while you walk, while you drive, while you eat. I find myself in prayer. I never am, you know, really just sitting there praying. I'm always doing something else, and it's just when it, you know, comes to your mind. And driving is is one of the big ones there, Maria. But thanks for the all your great work, your great writings, and and your your input. We uh, we always read your emails. We love taking your calls, and and God bless you. God bless you guys. Thank you. Bye bye. Have a good night. All right, we're gonna go to Cheryl next, calling from Canada. Cheryl, you're live on the Hagman Report. Well, I appreciate so much both of you, Joe and Doug, and although I'm in Canada, I moved up here from California 30 years ago for personal reasons, but I am an American, that's for sure. And um, what I wanted to bring up is that 
what we're seeing today is proof that the USA today is not a nation governed by the rule of law. And uh, there was a documentary that was going to be produced a few years ago with the title Lawless America, which covered stories across the USA. Uh, the documentary production was blocked when its producer became a target of uh, a spurious lawsuit, and I don't know what's happened to him. But um, what I agree with is what Robert in California said, that there's no time left. I keep thinking of the poem Donald Trump delivers so beautifully at all these events. Oh, tender woman. It's not a question of, oh, we'll let Maxine Waters talk and we'll let all these people show who they are. But this is a serpent that we're holding close to our bosom, close to our heart. And I believe that Donald Trump should declare a civil emergency. And these people who are committing these crimes against our nation need to be arrested. That's all I have to say. Amen. Amen. You're, you're, I don't, I don't know the, I don't profess to know how the mechanics should work on that, but. It should at least be taken out of power. Yeah. Yes. Thank yeah. you Cheryl. for the time. God Thank bless you. Thank you for the Thanks. call. God bless you. Bye. Yes. Bye. All right. So you, great call. You know, even though she moved to Canada, more American than, I mean, still American, but more American than many Americans who are geographically here. Yeah, absolutely right. And we still got a, a full, like, the callers keep coming in. We're, we're working at a good pace. Let's we're going to go to Jennifer in Florida next. Jennifer, you're live on the Hagman Report. Yes, I wanted to ask you, how ironic is it that a mature black woman that can remember Rosa Parks and segregated dying is uh, putting out the idea that we should tell people they're not welcome anywhere, any place. Um, it's kind of ironic. And yeah, what about censure? Wait, wait. Oh, it's oh, oh, okay. It's okay. hypocrisy. I mean, these people have no shame. Yes. They, they, they have, I always say, if it wasn't for double standards, they'd have no standards at all. And it, whatever they can use to score political points in that moment, and it could be contrary to what they said the day before, it doesn't matter. And, and it seems that their, their followers, uh, don't care. But yeah, censure, okay, get them out you. of there. Thank Jennifer, you thank you work. so much. Th- thanks for your call. Great callers. Great call. Yeah, great callers indeed. Matthew in South Carolina, you're up next. You're live on the Hagman Report. Yes, you, yes. Thank you for taking my call. Well, thanks for calling. Uh, I, yes. Um, as Donald Trump has said, uh, fake news, and uh, I agree with the other callers, um, but what we can do specifically is repeal Smith-Mont Modernization Act of 2012, which allowed domestic propaganda. Yes. You hit on a good point here, Matthew. Okay. Uh, I don't have the information in front of me, but under the Obama presidency, uh, there was this law that was put in place, and, and you said it's the Smith's modernization law? No, Smith Month. Um, uh, Smith yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, I, I've got... It's in yeah, the, the Smith NDAA month, uh, of 2013. Yep. Right. Which is allowed... Yeah. Legalized propaganda to be used by our media again. Well, this was an extension, by the way. We can talk about it later. Uh, U.S. In, um, Exchange Act of forty-eight, uh, Smith Month Act, Month Act. It was expanded upon, and, and it, yes, it involves propaganda. And everyone should just look up Smith, M-U-N-D-T, Smith hyphen Month, M-U-N-D-T. Thank you for mentioning that. Go on. 
Yes, sir. I think that's tied to what is going on in our society and culture. And like a previous caller said, they were probing. And I think what the Smith Month does is allow the Overton's window or what our reality or our perception is. And so we think really ungodly things are just normal, like the percentages of transgender or homosexuality or grossly exaggerated through that oh yeah and we see that you know just hollywood uh so many tv right. shows today you know it's an overrepresentation uh compared to real society of, of the homosexuality the transgenderism the perversion all the stuff that uh you know the the attitudes the liberal agenda and ideologies those are, are showcased front and center in just about every major tv network and, and show uh and very much overrepresented and you think that's directly related to the to the the propaganda being allowed again yes yes sir and specifically because in when we do an omnibus budget it funds those programs yeah and so just lastly i'd like to um encourage your listeners to call your congress and senator very few do and um i i think that lie that deception needs to be ended and uh thank you for taking my call well well thank you God bless you, my friend, and and you and uh, all of the callers so far are an example. This is why I say we've got the most intelligent audience in the world. I would put our listeners up against any audience. Yeah. Um, John just handed me a, a, a will Donald Trump reinstate the Smith month month. Yeah, Smith Month Act, Obama repealed, and once again banned state-sponsored propaganda from January 16th, 2018. Invest, uh, IBW, what is that? Investment uh, Watch blog. So, uh, great call, great caller, great information, and we need to keep on that. Go ahead, Joe. All right, all right, let's keep it rolling here. We got Christine in Florida. Christine, you're live on the Hagman Report. Hey, guys. Love you guys so much. I hate to be the non-technical call tonight, but you can see how many wonderful callers you have with technical expertise to research and share information. It's wonderful. But I want to put out the clarion call that Patreon is a very easy way to give. And you're not going to get, folks, you're not going to get this kind of reporting with Matt Bracken, Peter Chalka, and the rest of guests that Tracy Beans, Melissa Zachariah, that you're going to get on the Hagman Report. What's that worth to you? I checked out CNN today, and it was just crap. I mean, I hate to say that on the air, but put out. I I just want to say, Patreon is a very easy way to give. You won't even see a dent. I mean, look at the way grocery prices are going up. I just doubled my support tonight because I'm so angry at what the left is doing and what the Hagmans are completely putting out the truth day after day after day alerting us of the truth that's out there and, and and showing us the charlatans that are working against us. So if, if everyone can just go to Patreon and just give a little, just a little bit, it's not going to put that much of a debt in your budget. But I just want to say we've got to support this kind of reporting, and I love you guys. I really appreciate you so much. Well, Christine, thank you so very much. And um, folks, I, we didn't pay, we didn't put up we didn't put Christine up to this or pay her for for doing this, but thank you. It's so much appreciated. It really is. You no, you is. didn't. You, no, you didn't. Know. But I'm I'm just saying. Thank you. I, I felt it on my heart to say, folks, you 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 can't take this kind of information for free. You just really can't. We've got to support it. You you have expenses. We've got to stand behind you to get the truth out. 
and keep your message going and the broadcast going, frankly. Well, God bless you for saying that. Thank you. It is so much appreciated. And uh, not too many people really have an understanding of what goes on in the level of coordination and how hard uh, Eric and John and Joe and everyone here works. Christine, God bless you. Thank you so very much. Right. Love right. you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. And, you know, the uh, the support, you know, people, uh, one thing we're going to do this year, uh, just to show you where your support is, is going, you're going to see it with things like uh, the product from the Red Pill Expo. You're going to see it from, you know, these different conferences and other things that Eric is putting together and that everybody's doing. And, and it's, uh, it is a team effort, as you said. And it's hard work. We do this uh, pretty much full-time every single day. I mean, when I say full-time, I mean every waking moment. So that all that support is appreciated. And, and we do our best to help other causes. Yeah. You know, for example, the, 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 the people that, that well, a Teshua Tea Company, for example, uh, yeah. support. Christian Saucier, getting yeah. his family yes. some, yes. some yes. contributions to be able to, to, uh, uh, yep. continue while he was going through that legal trouble. Uh, getting, uh, Nicholas McIntosh from Peru into the Marines, who's about to graduate if he has not already graduated and, and become a Marine. It's just awesome. But let's move on. We have a first time caller from Arizona, Brian. Brian, you're live. Oh, wow. I just want to thank you guys so much. I uh, actually ran into you guys through listening to Russ Dizdar, and I've been listening to you guys for about six months to seven months. And I just want to say I appreciate all your hard work. I don't have any money to give, but I've been trying to share your message and share you guys on Facebook and tell you everybody I know about you guys. I mean, I really, truly appreciate your hard work. I just want you guys to know that. I rush home every day at 4 o'clock and try to get you guys a show here in Arizona, and I, I truly appreciate it. I hope to God doesn't take you off of YouTube. So <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I got to say, guys. We've, um, uh, we, we hope not either, but, but we've made arrangements for a backup system. Um, that's all I can say. It's um, already no, going, too. No, yeah, no one's going to shut us up. That's, and, that's for sure. And, Brian, the, the, the support you're talking about, spreading the word about the show, letting other people know it's there and, and, and promoting it on social media, is uh, just such a huge thing that we we need, and uh, wouldn't wouldn't be possible to do this show without that kind of support as well. And we we uh, thank you so much for listening, and and we love Russ, and uh, glad oh, yeah. that you, know, you found us through guy. Russ. Yeah. I wish you guys were full time on prime time. You guys would beat CNN easily. I know <laughs> that for a fact. <laughs> well, anyway, well, God bless well, you guys, and keep yeah. up the good work. <laughs> thank you, my friend. God bless you. God bless you too. Man, I'll tell you, you know, you know, Joe, it's, uh, the Muppets are beating CNN or whatever that was. Yeah, Home uh, and Garden TV. Yeah. Nickelodeon. Yeah, there you go. We have Georgia calling from Tennessee. Georgia, you're live on the Hagman Report. Hi, uh, yes. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Tennessee calling from Georgia. Right? Yeah. Or wait a minute. Georgia <laughs> from, from Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Hey, it's great to talk to you guys. Um, I just want you to know I have been attacked in pu- in public by these people. I don't know what kind of people these people are, but um, I know this much. When you mention Trump, it separates the wheat from the tares. When you, you say attacked, I mean. uh, can, can you give us a little detail? I mean, yeah, if you don't mind. What? Oh, details? Oh, yeah, I was in the line at uh, the movie theater. And I had kids with me, and um, this woman started to say lady, but I'll change that to woman. Uh, This woman begins to talk to me, and so I say, you know, I want to go see this movie and take the kids because it's wholesome and, you know, that type of conversation. 
And I, you know, and I always throw in Trump. I want to see what side these people are on that I'm talking to. <laughs> and when I throw in Trump, you know, it does. It separates people. So she begins to get in my face. And this is what I told her. Hello. Are we still? Are oh, we yeah, we're here. You're loud and clear. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, so here's what I told her. I said, look, we side with the Bible. I said, we do not stand up for homosexuals, and we do not stand up for killing babies in the womb. Now, if you're for Hillary Clinton and the Democrats, that's what you're standing up for. I said, so I want my little children right here to know that I don't stand for that, and I I don't want them to grow up in a world like that. And when Maxine Waters stands up and talks about ripping children from their mothers and they don't see the double standard and the hypocrisy that we are talking about in this country where they are ripping children, babies from the wombs of mothers and selling baby parts and shipping them in the United States mail then we are almost gone as a country and I don't know what it's going to take but I, I'm really, I really fear that it's really going to take something real, real bad. You're right, and, and it's amazing that they, <laughs> they, the same people who are the biggest supporters of, of killing babies in the womb are the loudest ones of, of complaining about children being ripped from the arms of parents. It is, it's a joke. It really is. And uh, it really Georgia, is a joke. We, we thank you so much for the call. We're, we're short on time, but thanks for sharing your experiences and, and you keep up, uh, keep doing what you're doing. And, and you know what? Next time you go to the movie theater, uh, call us. We'll come down and we'll escort you. How's yeah. that? <laughs> hey, look, you know, I pack, I pack everywhere I go. I don't want to have to use it. You know what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> you, you know what? That's, thank you for doing that because that to me is responsible and, um, Makes the community safe. I have a concealed carry permit, and I am proud of it. And Amen. Be. Amen. And, and you're you're my kind of lady. That's there you go. Well, that's that means you're well trained, and you know that is something to be proud of in this country. And if you don't want to be afraid, ladies and gentlemen, you will carry, and you will carry legally. Amen. Amen. Amen to that, George. We got to let you go, but thank you okay, so much for the call. You. you have a great night. Okay. Bye bye. All right, this is well, so gonna, much fun, Joe. It is. We have we have uh, such great callers. What we're going to do because we have still five callers on the line. We're gonna we're gonna uh, not take any more callers except who's on the line. We're gonna blow through the break and then we'll bring on Pastor Paul after that. So let's go to Sal in PA. Sal, welcome to the Hagman Report. Hey, John, Joe, how you guys doing? Doing doing great. good. Oh, great! Yeah, I'm originally from Brooklyn. I live in PA now. But I just want to let you know, I've been watching you guys for six years, and I appreciate everything you do, because growing up on the streets of Brooklyn, I ended up in show business, and everything you guys report, you're 100% on the money. I can tell you things, I used to deliver the voting machines, but uh, when I used to tell people the stories, they used to tell me I was crazy. But now I get to listen to you guys and you validate everything I've seen, lived through, been with. When I was in Hollywood, I could tell you stories. But uh, you guys are great. 
I love you. I listen to you every night, and I appreciate it. And I pray for you guys are on my daily prayers. So I know you guys. Love you, you guys are under attack, and I know they're coming after you. But uh, I just want you to know that I lived through it, and I've been through it, and I'm grateful that you're out there speaking it and saying it. That I'm not this crazy guy telling people. I tell them to listen to your show to validate it. But I'm grateful. Thank you. One of these days Thank we'll you. have to talk off air and hear some of those stories. But, and, and, you, and you know what? You won't, we sh- you won't believe we, me. I'm going to tell you so. We, we, sh- we should get out to Brooklyn. Out my, I've been laughed out of rooms. Oh, yeah. You know, it, anyway, I've, been, I've been mocked, ridiculed. I, you, know, you know how hard it was for me to even call you guys because the things I've been through and seen? And, uh, you know, but the only thing that got me through it was Jesus Christ. And, and I'm grateful every day that... Uh, he let me see these things so I could tell people on the street everything that went on and everything I experienced. And and six years ago, when I found you guys on YouTube, it changed my life because I go, I'm not crazy. I'm not <laughs> crazy. There's people out here talking about it. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's just awesome. It's just so awesome. Well, so, Sal, the mayor of Brooklyn, I'm going to tell you, that's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, <laughs> I, I I was from Red Hook, Brooklyn, and uh, it, w- it was a rough place. And, and I learned one thing when I got into show business, it's the same rules as the mafia. So that's why I did good, I did good in show business, because I, I knew the protocol. I knew how the system works, how it's structured. And then after a while, you, you get so deep, and, and they keep breaking. It's, like, it's just like the mob. They, if you get to a point where you got to start doing stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, but uh, you guys are always on the money, and 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 I love your guests because because everybody you're close. gets on the I, money. Red Hook, you're, you're you're close to the port up there, right? Oh yeah, right right okay. by the waterfront. There you go. All that, right, I, yeah. I, I, uh, the best views the in New York City. Place. Nobody, you know, if you, if you really know like New York history and organized crime, like everything started from Red Hook Piers, basically. Amen. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I'm familiar, very familiar with that area. Yep. So, so we're, we're going to come up there and uh, uh, we're going to buy you a, a pizza. You just you tell us. Uh, where, 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 where. No, I'm in PA. I'm in PA now. I, oh, you're in PA I, now. Oh, yeah, oh. I'm in PA. I, I got really sick at 9-11. I, I was doing a, I was, I was a first responder at Ground Zero. And uh, I got deadly ill, and, and they, 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 they gave me a death sentence. Well, and... Uh, you showed them, and, brother. Uh, I, I, I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, I'll, I'll make every day for you. And I'll tell everybody everything I've seen. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it took a, you know, it takes a lot to be laughed at in public and, and be ridiculed to tell them, you know, the things you've seen and the things you've been through. Because, uh, like, like I used to tell people, especially when I moved out here in PA, I used to deliver the vault machines. It, it's all fixed. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. used to laugh, and I go, "No, we knew who was going to win before we even took the machines out." Yeah, wow. <laughs> like, you know, but so, uh, we so uh, appreciate the call, yeah, buddy. We got, we got to run. Cut you loose. God I bless you. you. I love you guys. I'm doing my daily prayers, man. I'm very grateful. We love you too, the mayor of Brooklyn, Sal. God bless you. Now in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. All, All right. right take care. All right. We got Ramona in Texas next. Ramona, you're live on the Hagman Report. Hello, hi, Mr. Hagerman. I love your show. I 
catch y'all. Um, and I love the guests y'all have. Very informative. Um, I just wanted to say I'm so disgusted and aggravated with all this. Um, I, I, I'm, I hope Paul Ryan, um, and I do hope we get a, a conservative speaker of the House in January. These documents being slow road on, on the, the Attorney General, um, this is ridiculous. And I, this Peter Strzok, him going in the committee behind closed doors, the American people need to hear what he has to say. And this, uh, if it was a Democrat that had done what Peter Strzok done, you better believe he would be on national television. And it, this is upsetting. You mean a Republican. They want to put everything behind closed doors. We right. pay their salaries. We paid his salary. And to say, hey, your boss can't hear what you've got to say, what you've done to this company, that yes. is absolutely ridiculous. And this violence that has come to America that we're, the people that are coming in America is, is hurting. Every person in Congress and Senate better realize their families go down the street and a illegal alien drunk driver could hit them. How are they going to feel? We deal with this stuff every day. And they want to sit up there on the high horse and act like America has no rights. Go to some other country and see how easy you get in there. Yep. I live here in Texas. We see what comes across the border. And the American people, we pay these people to come up there and do a job. 90% of them needs to retire. And if Paul Ryan, when he leaves in January, we have got to get a conservative up there. And these uh, Democrats and, and Maxine Waters, she needs to be brought up on the Ethics Commission. Yeah. Paul Ryan not bringing her up and having them to vote on it to shut her mouth. She's going to have blood on her hands if, if something happens to one of these committees, administration that works for President Trump. We are grateful that God has put Trump in there to help America. Every city and every California, New York, Illinois, the Democrats have run them in the ground, and they have tried yep. their best to run America in the ground. And thank God the sleeping giant has awoke, and he's not going back to sleep. I watch y'all show. I watch Patriot Soapbox 24-7. I, I see what is going on here, and the Democrats want to keep throwing out these accusations. The conservatives, the Republicans, the, the um Others that are here in America, we live out here. We see what's going on. Unless they want to come out here and get behind, talk about we shouldn't have our guns and we should always um, be respectful. Hey, y'all stand behind bodyguards. We don't have that. <laughs> You're right, Ramona. And one of the biggest uh, anti going on, it, it, what they're doing over the weekend. They don't give a crap about these children coming in, and I tell you something else. It just turns my stomach when I hear that oh, oh, Trump is doing all this bad stuff. Trump has went down there and cleaned up those places that children can come in there. They've got good food. They've got. Mm -hmm. They're getting educated. They're getting the, the, their needs met. It was a slaughter when Obama ran that place. Those kids were. Their needs were not being met. That's right. It is sick the way that the Democrats has turned this. But you know what? I'll be there in November to vote like I always have. And I'm, in, I'm a senior citizen. And I tell you, when people can't go out and wear a Trump uh, hat or a Trump shirt and they want to beat people down, 
and they want to take his administration and run them out of public places, it's just furthering our agenda is that America has got to be given back to the people and hiding Peter Stroke, Stroke and, and these committees and all these people, although it's, it's private. No, it's not private what he did to this country. It's not That's private right. what any of those Democrats and what Comey and all them have done to us, and they want to hide them. Like I said, they wouldn't be hiding them if, they, if a Republican or a conservative had done that to the Democrats, and I don't mean to be on a soapbox. I no. apologize. That's all right, Ramona. Don't apologize. Don't apologize. You're right, and we do need a conservative to run the country, and the hypocrisy of these these leftists are are it's insane. David Hogg had armed security, the biggest anti-gun proponent, and you know, in the, in the last year, David Hogg showed up to an event with armed security uh, just over the weekend, and just showing the hypocrisy. Ramona, God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank we have you. to move on. We what got Pastor Begley hanging, and we got just two, three callers that left to take. We're going to go to Matt. Thank you. In uh, New Hampshire, Matt, you're live on the Hagman Report. Hey guys, it's uh, good to be back on. It's been a long time since I've talked to you. Um, glad you're there. Uh, I know the voice. And <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Yes, uh, Doug. I before before I get started, Doug, I gotta tell you, your show on your your morning show that you do, I absolutely love it, and oh, I think you do a great you you do an outstanding job. Uh, and, and it's, you know, and I, and I hear you all the time saying, well, you know, you've heard me say this before. However, but what you're doing, Doug, is you're breaking down and digging and burrowing in so that because it, 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 there's just so much stuff that you're, you're breaking it apart and separating it. And if, if people follow your show, then you actually get, you, you present a very, clear and understandable and concise um, view of actually what's going on. So I, I really want to thank you, and I actually want to encourage other people uh, that are listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report, if you haven't listened to Doug's show, you need to try to find the time to tune into it, because um, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to actually sit down and just like have a cup of coffee with you, Doug. You're just, that's, that's the way, it, that's the feeling that, uh, comes across when you do your shop. Just that's to, kind of what just we're doing. Let you know. You know, the, yeah, the, thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And, and you know what? Yeah, no, we, I, you know, we, you do, you do an outstanding job with it. And I think you, you know, because I don't think that people actually realize, um, the, the amount of time and work that I, I you know, I, I, I probably don't either. The amount of time and energy and effort that you guys put in to bring, like everybody else was saying, you know, about all the guests and all this stuff to put together something that's clear and concise that is, um, you're, you're, you're not toxic. And at the same time, you're not just coming out with babbling information. It's very clear and very good. And it's always, um, it always links together, I guess. I, I so. appreciate that, and, and and thank you for saying that. And we all work hard here, you know. It's a team effort, um, but but thank you for that. I that really makes me yeah. feel good. It really does. It makes me feel That's like good. you know, like I'm uh, making uh, a difference. Yeah, making a difference, I guess. And and I think everyone yeah, wants it, to it have is. that feeling. Yeah, good. Well, thank Matt, you. thank you, you know, so much for the call. Whoops. No, okay. Well, hey guys, one thing that I want to say is, or two quick things. One yeah. thing, I think that we're sitting on top of a pinhead right yeah. now 
and we're going to tilt one way or the other. And people better people better ground their lives in Christ um, and make sure that they're right because I'll tell you it's going to go crazy. One other thing that I, I want you guys to look into that I just saw today: the FEMA director sat down supposedly on Friday in front of the TSA administrator, Homeland Security, and Mike Pence, and is asking for five hundred million dollars to double the task force of FEMA in saying some very derogatory things about us and controlling us and they need to control the narrative in the media because they're losing the he feels they're losing their grip on control. Um it was an article that, that was posted yeah there was an article hmm. so you guys can look it was posted at uh someone'sbones.com um, and I, okay. I've been trying to do a little bit of homework on it, but, um, you know, he's taking this guy, Mike, is pulling quotes right out of what this guy is saying. And it's actually very disturbing. They want to okay. get, they want to, uh, bring up more money. So obviously they want to have more weapons. They want to have more training. Uh, and they're speaking of, um, you know, things like the, uh, you know, militias and people that are quote unquote anti-government. Yeah. Um, sovereign citizens, libertarian, Second Amendment, uh, and and talk. So anyway, do do some homework on that because I think that you know not only are we dealing with the left, but we're also dealing with a group. We're, we're still dealing with these people that are insurrected here in the government that are still trying to carry out their plan, even yep. though that you know we're basically we're on we're on the cusp of defeating this. Um, but they're still trying to push this stuff forward, and I think they're doing it at the government level as well as this other garbage that we're seeing, like with crazy Maxine or you know <laughs> stuff like that. Well, that's the definition of the deep state. You know, just because Trump got into office doesn't mean all our problems are solved, and uh, uh, very the, good, the though, Leviathan good continues. But Matt, we got to let you go. God bless you, my friend. Yeah, thank you for your call and for your compliment. All right, brother. We got Marcia in Georgia. You're live. Then Lucy is our last caller. Marcia, welcome to the show. Hello. Good evening, gentlemen. And thank you so much um, for taking my call. I'm actually a member of Pastor Paul's online church, and I've been listening to you guys uh, for about two and a half years. I'll make this really brief. I work for the government in an entity that the gentleman prior to my call um, was speaking of. I worked specifically on a surge team that we are dispatched when there are, whether it's man-made or environmental conditions. I will say that the church or the Americans who really want to make a difference need to kind of pay attention to what's happening. The kill shot is what the government is pretty much waiting for. That is the quintessential element that is going to pretty much um, trying to make sure I say this correctly make sure that all of these quote unquote camps that have been established, those facilities are going to be where true patriots, Christians, um, anyone who is 
against the government, against their agenda, are going to be subjected. We've already gone through the training to ensure that the facilities are up and running, and I can say they are up and running. Yeah, they we saw that with the. Uh, but are, are you are, were you a part of this? I mean, you say we, as in like you're yes, part of this. I I am a part of that. Um, there are very few of us, but we try to get the word out as much as possible. Uh, they have been running drills for months now. Our last one was dark skies, and they pretty much said. This is your final drill. This is to ensure that everybody is in place. They know where they're going to go. They know who they are going to detain. They know exactly where they're going to put them. Um, the leadership is very much direct to us on where these individuals are going to go. And You'd be surprised they're hiding in plain, I say hiding in plain sight. They really are hiding in plain sight. Um, these facilities are stopped. Uh, they are located in strategic areas where you can transport large amounts of people um, through railways, through yep. airports. Um, it is very real, and unfortunately, I feel a lot of the church is asleep and still does not understand the significance of the times that we're in. Unfortunately, um, these plans have been in place for years. They have just wrapped up, like I said, they had us wrap up the last drill, and they pretty much told us that it's going to take place whether we're prepared mentally for it and like I said they're simply waiting on the one opportunity um, the flashpoint as you said war or, I'm sorry what I'm the, the flashpoint yes um, and, and would they and take us would they take us or would they just they will take, take anyone who resists they already know who they're going to take of course, it's the Christians. Of course, it's anyone who owns a gun. I will say that the hurricanes presented a, a unique opportunity for them to test mm -hmm. out the routines of how they will detain. The de detention is not necessarily in the way that they feel, or a lot of Americans feel, like it's going to take place. It, it, it's easy if you take the children. What's the first thing you do is... You round up the kids, you put them in a location, whether it's a um, football stadium or some other facility, and what's the first thing when an incident takes place? Of course, the parents are going to right, be looking right. for the children, and they direct them um, to those facilities. Well, you they have you. So at that point, not only have they eliminated going door to door, which is one of the things we also train for, but they have strategically captured or, you know, detained the um, core family. So what are you going to do once they have you in those facilities? It's simply easy for them to take you away because during those times, you're yeah. not focused 
anything but your your children. And I do apologize. Right. I have to go, but I wanted to express once again thank you for the opportunity to share this information. I do listen to you as well as some of the other people that you know were just trying to get this information out to the public. Be very vigilant. Understand the times that we're in. If you have not prepared spiritually, as well as getting protection for yourself, trust me, they're coming. They have prepared us. And whether we want to go or not, it's not an option. They basically told us we know well in advance when it's going to take place. Marcia, I don't mean, you said you were a member of Pastor Paul Begley's online church. We have our our guest with us, Pastor Paul Begley. We can bring oh, him well, on just to say a really let's bring him on really now. quick hello because we do have one more caller. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Pastor, are you there? Yes, I'm here. It's great to hear you, Marcia. I'm so glad you're uh, sharing with uh, Doug and Joe uh, what's yeah. exactly happening. So uh, I've been praying for you. God bless you. Thank you. I I truly um, appreciate it. I have had some contacts. I I know, as of course you know, I can't go into much details online, but. The Hawaii situation with the um, barges, um, I've had friends that are in the industry has basically said, yes, they started, and um, I was kind of afraid of that as well. It is not a, um evacuation, so to speak, um, um, mission, but more so of a recovery. They have no intentions of evacuating anyone. Hmm. Um that this is pretty much they're going to leave you to die. So what's the point in saving you? You're you're just another element that's in their way. And if you're going to be taken out by in their um, perception by Mother Nature, then so be it. Um, the goal yeah. of this organization or this empire, this the beast is it's it's more powerful than people realize. It goes Marcia, it is. Yeah. And we, I'd love to talk to you further. Uh, just send us an email if, if you get a chance and, uh, we, we can talk off, off air, but thank you so much for calling with, with that great information. Yeah, you have a great night. We got one more caller. We got Lucy, a longtime listener. Haven't talked to her in a while. Lucy, welcome back to the Hagman Report with, uh, Pastor. Hey. Hey, Doug and Joe. It is so good to, uh, have this call in. Um, I used to call in all the time and even yeah. pray, but as I've listened to everybody, I have a scripture I want to share from Isaiah. Woe to the wicked. Disaster is upon them. They will be paid back for what their hands have done. Tell the righteous it will be well with them, for they will enjoy the fruit of their deeds. And one other one is in Isaiah, it says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All the plans of man that are set, God is greater. God is greater. And I'm so thankful for y'all and for your truth-telling all the time. Praise the Lord. Thank you for letting me speak. God bless. Lucy, it's great to hear from you. God bless you too, and thanks for the awesome, oh, inspiring too. scriptures. Hope uh, to hear yeah, from I you thought again. we you need to care. end this with something encouraging. God, Amen. God is in control. He he rules. He reigns. 
God's He's not surprised by any of this stuff. And so, we're going to make, yeah. we do not need to fear, y'all. Do not fear. Do not fear. The Lord thy God holds our right hand. Okay, I love you. Thank you, Lucy. All right. God bless Thank you. Y'all. Thanks for calling. Pastor Paul Begley is perhaps one of the best known, uh, uh, online pastors on the planet and in, in, in the galaxy, I'm pretty sure. Um, he's, he's got the, 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 the hottest program, um, Paul Begley Prophecy. I mean, he's got the hottest show. Mm-hmm. And YouTube channel. It's just amazing. It's, it, and it's amazing that we have him on. And, and thank you so much, Pastor, for your patience yeah, as we, we went uh, through the calls. We, we, we imposed upon your time, but we, we name dropped. You were name dropped a couple of times there. <laughs> How you guys doing? It's great to be on. It's a, it's an honor to hear the people talking, and it's just great to be on your show. You guys are the best. Like uh, the call said, you're the best. No, nah, you, you be the best. No, you know it's it's so great to have you, and it's this is like sitting down and having a cup of coffee with with just a good friend, and it's it's so great to to be able to to speak with you, and we think of you often, and we we've got so many emails saying, hey, you know, um, bring Pastor Paul Bigley on your show, please, and then then then. Then they threaten to, to kidnap our, our children if we don't do it. And then, then you know, so finally John, John said, okay, we need to bring them on. Just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But you're popular, my brother. <laughs> well, it's an honor to be on this show. It really is. And matter of fact, I was so excited about being back on that yesterday I told everybody, don't miss the Hagmans tonight at 8 o'clock. I'm going to be there. And then, uh. Well, that's why everyone was listening. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, make sure you're there. And then my wife told me, she said, Paul, this is Monday. You're on Tuesday. <laughs> well, I said everybody's going to the Hagman show anyway, so that's great. Hey, no, I, uh, no wonder. No wonder we had astronomical numbers yesterday. Okay. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Hey, uh, I want to say something. The lady you had, the ladies you had on were just amazing, and the gentleman, uh, Marcia, she wrote us a letter, and well, she's written me three times with what she was sharing with you guys tonight. And it's so powerful. If I could just read this one page, you'll, you'll get a feel for what the, the urgency, I think, of the time we're in. Please. She says, uh, Pastor Paul and Heidi, first let me thank both of you for your continued prayers. I'm so blessed to have an online family that I can talk to. It's extremely lonely in this environment. Let me apologize for not following up sooner, but things are really starting to speed up. They have placed equipment and storage containers in every region now. The Walmart closings helped shadow their activity, and they are pulling resources from every facet within the organization. The B system is now in place for an, e- an EMP and or a nuclear attack. And during training, we asked why we are being pulled from locations outside of the surge support. They responded that everyone will be called up to do to go door to door, detain or process individuals. We asked after an attack, how would we be notified to report in, and why would they want to get us during a crisis? They laughed and said, "You will be notified well in advance of an anticipated lights out situation." Do you really think we're not aware of what's going to happen before it does? We were told that the military has stockpiles of old vehicles or new retrofitted vehicles that can withstand an EMP or nuclear attack, 
And we were told that businesses have been contracted out to retrieve additional supplies with or without the cooperation of the original owners. Also, the Salvation Army will be placed in to help distribute food at special locations. We were told that everyone will either go to a destination or they will be taken to a special location. Someone asked about the rumors of the homeless being taken during Hurricane Harvey in Houston. The leaders looked at each other and said, provide us with the proof of a body. Dark skies was the final phase of the training and preparation. The beast is looking forward to war and the mass amount of people it will eliminate. The system is extremely dark and dangerous. Please continue to pray for us during these very unsettling times. Now, Doug and Joe, she shared with us that uh, she works for one of the uh, uh, major agencies um, and that she's worked for them for a long time at a desk. But in the last year and a half, they've pulled people out of their desk for the first time ever and put them in different regions of the country for uh, two, three, four-week training periods to prepare for events that are going to happen. And this includes the FEMA camps, this includes the body bags, the FEMA coffins, the whole nine yards, detainment, citizen detainment, the whole thing, or citizen containment even. So she's asked for prayer, and uh, and uh, we've prayed and prayed with her. She's written us three times, and every time she says these things, we see more and more and more of it coming. And one of the things she just mentioned on your show was in Hawaii, see, there's floating FEMA facilities on these barges um, that are being brought, but they're not there for shelters. They're they're being brought there for, I don't know. I mean, what the word we're getting is detainment or containment. I'm not sure what they're doing, and so it's, uh, you know, again, we have no, we don't have the spirit of fear, but we need to be aware that the deep state is still in play. The deep state oh, yeah. is in play. And pastor, that's one of the biggest miscalculations or uh, things that I believe Trump supporters overlooked. After Obama, uh, out of office and, and President Trump won the presidency, many people thought, you know, things are going to be better as far as these, these plans of the government to round up citizens and the, you know, the FEMA camps and detention centers. What we saw under Obama, the Department of Homeland Security lexicons on the labeling and classifying of different types of, you know, quote unquote domestic terrorists from uh, constitutionalists to, to on and on and on. Let me jump in here if I can, if I can ask you and Pastor this. Joe, you're talking about under Obama. Pastor. Is okay. Would Donald Trump know this? For example, remember we were talking about this under Obama. Now that we're under Donald Trump, is 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 this different, or is is this compartmentalized away from Donald Trump? Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, he's unraveling a lot of things. I think when he first got in, there a lot of things were hidden. Uh, remember, he basically the first six months of his presidency was clawing to survive. There was a massive rush. By the by, the left and, and the, you know you got Hollywood, you had the politicians, you had the deep state, you had the F, the corruption in the FBI and and uh, the CIA, and they were working to really they were trying to eliminate him either one, two, or three different ways. But as he's been there a while, he's begin he's begin to uncover, begin to unravel some of the things that are out there, and uh, it's ugly. And I think he's. Surprised by some of it, 
But um, he's making adjustments. I think he's putting people in position. He's slowly making the adjustments, but he's got a long way to go. Pastor, do you remember the document, Internment Resettlement Operations, that came out maybe in 2013, 2014, which was a, a multi-hundred-page document that detailed, in very uh, extensive detail, the transportation, the facilities, uh, the, the type of religious practices that would be able to be uh, – uh, participated in these camps and in these internment centers and how they would transport them, how they would have the shackles on the train cars and uh, on the buses and the railroad tracks. And it, it, you can still find it. I think it's like FM 3.39, internment resettlement operations. And this is a, a plan that details whenever these calamities happen and they want to round up the people. It details exactly how that will happen what will happen with those people. And then it even goes in to talk about how pastors would be used. And, pa- and Pastor Ben, you memory, talked it's about... It's FM3-39.40. And you talked about this, Pastor Begley, how you were approached uh, to be part of this uh, you know, movement of pastors that would lead the uh, civilians into the camps. And they wanted to know what you were preaching about. But it, in detail, it talks about in this document how uh, certain uh, beliefs in Christianity would, would not be allowed to be uh, practice because they would be too extreme, uh, you know, for everybody else in the camps. And I'm kind of getting off point here, but these plans are all in place. They've been on the books for years now. And I think what we're seeing is the deep state, uh, is so worried. They're, they're in emergency mode working against President Trump, working against the American people that they're going to do anything they can to get Trump knocked off and, and, and delegitimized. But as soon as the, whatever that flashpoint event happens, they got everything in place, as, as Marcia just said, and as we've detailed extensively in the past, to uh, make this happen. And it's very, it's a very real possibility, and it's, and it's right in front of our faces. I do remember that document, Doug. I remember you guys actually covering that really extensively. I'm, I remember that. And it is about internment camps, and the word was internment. Mm-hmm. And recently it caught my attention, uh, and I believe you guys might have been the ones that broke this report or at least made it really public is because of the vision I had in 1994 where I literally was seeing Christians and, and patriots and veterans and, and you know, conservatives uh, who were at that time resisting and they were busing us and uh, train cars and buses exactly to places they were calling internment camps, the exact word. And uh, that's exactly the document you're talking about. It's about five years old. And now what are we hearing? We're hearing that word again. It's coming up more and more and more in tournament, in tournament camps. They, they're referring to it a little bit with the border situation, but that's not really what this is about. This is a bigger picture. Um, it is all about gearing up against Christians, against conservatives, against those that, uh, are standing for America, really just people who love America, love freedom. And the deep state has this plan. It's been in place. Quite a while, they've trained and trained. We had Jade Helm. We've had several different secret, uh, in, right in, right in the open training, little test, helicopters over San Francisco, dropping frogmen into New York, all kinds of little deals. The shackles are there. I'm serious. So they are trying to take Trump out. It's, it's about removing really not Trump as much as he's just in the way. I mean, it's about our democracy. It's about our freedom. It's under siege, and uh, it's coming to a head. It really is, unfortunately. Maxine Waters and these people, this, this is just the mouthpiece of the beast that's, that's really trying to rise. 
Pastor, we were just, uh, you know, looking at the document and, uh, and John was just reminding me of a few things that, that was in there. But this is such a, a very real possibility. Now I want to ask you this. President Trump, uh, we've seen just in the last few days, obviously there's something, I, I believe it's spiritual in nature. We see the spiritual deception, uh, is, is more, is bigger now than it has ever been. And whether these people know it or not, their opposition to Trump, it's, it's basically Trump is a, uh, I guess he's just the figurehead that they focus their, their hatred on. But the true hatred is for, is against Jesus, is against the church, is against the people who support Trump, is against the people who still consider themselves quote unquote Americans and constitutionalists. And they believe they're right. And I want to ask you this. Do you, do you see a time in this country what, where the Bible says they will deliver you up and they will kill you believing that they're doing a good thing for the Lord? Do you believe that that is the 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 kind of uh, atmosphere and attitude that we're seeing from these people? Absolutely, absolutely. You couldn't have said it any better. Matter of fact, Matthew twenty four, uh, verse nine. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. See, this is not just an American problem. This is a global. This is a global movement. It's a global elitist movement. And it says, and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, shall deceive many. And because iniquity abound, the love of many a wax cold. I mean, when you, they really believe that at the Red Hen, the owner of that restaurant believes she didn't just do this as a, I mean, she's a business owner. She was the, the director of all of the restaurants downtown Lexington, Virginia. It's bad for business to throw a celebrity out of your restaurant. I, I mean, it's insanity. And then to go heckle her, uh, you know, Sarah, Sarah Sanders and her family went across the road and the, another restaurant owner glad to have them because, hey, get pictures. I don't care who it is. They come in, you get pictures, you put it out there, you talk, you want them to tell others. She went over, she sent people over to heckle them. Uh, but they believed this was right. That's why you saw Maxine Waters the next morning. That's why you saw the, all of MSNBC, every talking head on MSNBC was praising it. It wasn't until Chuck Schumer ran the numbers by late Sunday night and said, whoa, we better put the brakes on this. Uh, so yeah, it's a spirit of deception. It's a spirit of wickedness. And they, but here's the thing. You said it. They actually believe what they're doing is necessary and right. that it's right. And that's the sad thing. It is. It's probably the most alarming thing to me is how delusional do you have to be? And I guess delusional is not the proper word. How spiritually blind or bankrupt do you have to be to believe that they're doing the right thing? And, and how deceived do you have to be to believe that what President Trump is doing and what his supporters are standing up for is, is equal to that of the behavior of the Nazis? I mean, there's not even, I, there's not even one thing you can compare. Uh, the, all the propaganda, I mean, yes, both sides on the left and the right, uh, the, this whole left and right concept, in my opinion, is a huge problem, boxing in, uh, creating that, those divisions. But when you see the same people who are murdering babies in the womb and saying if you don't allow women to murder their babies in the womb, you're violating women's civil rights, somehow uh, muster up this fake compassion where Rachel Maddow's fake crying on MSNBC. Notice there's never tears. There's, there's only, uh, you know, the, the pauses and the, uh, the whimpering. But do they not see their own hypocrisy? Do they not care? I don't understand 
how they can have it both ways. Look, they, they've been trained. They, they've watched the Clintons and, and to some degree Obama that the end justifies the means. Their religion is elimination of the unwanted. And Christianity and, and the, they hate the military. They hate the veterans. They hate praying grandmothers. It, they can't stand it. When, when they actually, I wonder if they even love children because they really stand on the side of death. They're, they're the, they're the, they believe in the gospel. Do you remember, uh, I don't know, it might have been eight to 12 years ago that they left, they didn't want God in the platform? You know, again, I don't want to go strictly down, uh, left and right because there's a lot of establishment folks that are following, was following that same line of thinking and they were definitely, they're definitely out there, but it is definitely a spiritual thing. Uh, and they truly believe they've been deceived. The Bible says that, uh, they will be deceived. Uh, they will, and will deceive others. And it's sad. I mean, I try my best to get everybody saved. I'll love everyone. I, I, I'll help anyone. But some folks, I don't know what to do. Right. Because you can't get past the hatred, you know? No, and I was just telling uh, everybody here in the studio, I ran into, uh, I had the opportunity to, uh, uh talk with, an old friend's parents who are successful, they're, they're very smart, always been very nice and, and reasonable, just the kind of people you'd want to, to be around. And, uh, this was Sunday and they asked, you know, how I was doing. They asked about the show, asked about what I, what we talk about on the show and we got into politics and we got right to the, to the topic of Donald Trump and the whole thing unraveled. You know, they were calling him a Nazi, a pedophile saying, you know, uh, on and on and on. And I could not even with any reason or logic, these people I've known my whole life, I could not have a normal conversation, at least to the point where we could agree that uh, there's a lot of misconceptions of, of what the of what the truth is out there. And, and trying to explain, you know, that they, they would, you know, he called all of us animals because his family happens to be Mexican. And I'd say, hey, you know, go back and listen to the video. That's not what he said. He, he called MS-13 members animals. But it's like it didn't matter. Uh, there, there was no... It's, it's all or nothing, it seems. There's no debate left. There's no reason that people aren't changing their minds. They're dug in with this mindset. And that tells me it's more than a mindset. It seems, as we've been saying, like it's a spirit. And it's gotten a hold of a lot of people, and even well-intentioned and well-meaning people. And that's a, a frightening thing to, to realize, that these people, even good people, are believing this lie to the point where they might even be ready to take action in thinking they're doing the right thing. I can see how... In just a few years, with a few right uh, excuses and, and, and the right propaganda, how they will could be killing Christians and think they're doing uh, the world a favor. They, they will do it, okay? Oh well, yeah, and they I, will. Yeah, they will do it, and I pray it doesn't come to America. I never, in my wildest dreams, thought it happened in my lifetime. But things are accelerating, uh, Doug and Joe. Uh, they're accelerating, and let me just tell you that. They do believe that what they're doing is a righteous cause. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's incredible, the hatred, and, and they don't realize that they're actually hating on people. Now, I'm really proud of Sarah Huckabee Sanders that she, her reaction was stellar Christianity. Okay? Get up and walk out. She showed this humility during the, uh, correspondence, the media correspondence dinner. When they just, they mocked this woman and they humiliated her and she stayed calm and cool and collective and never retaliated. And when she went back to work the next day, she just stood her ground and never ever caved to the pressure of the somebody in your face kind of thing. And I think as long as the, 
as we as Christians, as long as we remain that way and keep walking in the light and the love of Christ, they, there, there will be some that are kind of in the middle and don't really realize what's going on and been deceived by the deception that will, eyes will start to open. There will be some eyes that will open. But those that have already, uh, I hate to say somebody sells their soul to the devil. You know, I always give everybody the ever last chance to the last dying breath they could repent and turn. There are some though that are truly, truly dedicated Luciferians. I don't think we can bring them back. But let's pray. Um, but this is getting, I never thought I'd see anything like this. I just, it's shocking. Well, Pastor, let me ask you this. The, the political rhetoric, just the huge increase uh, it's in, since the IG report dropped, we've seen basically zero coverage on on the Inspector General's report on the FBI and DOJ misconduct. It went right to this, you know, uh, children are being locked in cages, the same practice that was going on under Obama, even in worse conditions, uh, that was ignored. Then, you know, this became mainstream. Then we moved from that uh, hysteria to now we see the Maxine Waters and all these other people calling for the violence. Sarah Huckabee Sanders getting kicked out. This seems to be intensifying really quick. Do you believe that this is going to lead to some kind of violence in the next few days, weeks? Or do you think that people are going to, to back off this, understanding the danger that they are uh, placing the nation in with the rhetoric? I think, I, I believe it's going to cool off, but it, just, it, it will only be temporary. It won't go away because that, that deep spirit that's in many of their hearts is festering. They're going to cool down because Schumer told them to cool down. Okay, he called he called Maxine Waters out. He told her to cool this thing down. It's not time yet, and uh, and so you're going to see a cooling down, but not going away. It will flare again. They'll look for another angle. They'll look for another opportunity, and you'll see some some things. And look, Congress, look, folks. I don't know if they look. Congressman Scalise was shot. This guy had a list of seven congressmen he was going to kill. Yeah. Uh, Trump is, there's been, it'd be unbelievable to know how many, uh, plots to assassinate the president there's actually been. Um, so look, this is a very dangerous time. I think right now you're going to see a little bit of a cooling, but don't, you know, don't hold your breath because that spirit is in the hearts of many of them. And they've been taught well by some that the end justifies the means. And you can believe me, they will do anything if they feel it's their call of duty to do it, to uh, push a globalist agenda. Well, let me ask you this, Pastor. One of our callers brought this point up. How much of this do you think is being organized by the uh, Barack Obamas, the Valerie Jarrett's, and even to some extent the Hillary Clinton? Uh, how much influence behind the scenes uh, do you think they have and, and and we know that Soros pays, you know, agent provocateurs and pays protesters and, and whatnot. How much of this is organic versus how much of this is, is being driven by Obama loyalists, would you say? 95% of this is orchestrated by Obama and the Clintons. 95%. George Soros is the paymaster, okay? He, he knows he ain't got long on this planet. He's just paying. What, tell me what you want me to pay. Tell me where, who do I need to organize? You know, how much mm-hmm. money do they? This is being, uh, orchestrated by, uh, the Clintons and Obama. They were all in this. This look, the beast was supposed to be in power right now. They can't believe this. You're seeing the panic. The reaction, the chaos, the, the craziness is really 
uh, the New World Order in emergency mode. They, they were supposed to be there. And, and especially when Trump says, nope, no Paris Accord. Nope, Iran deal, we're still in history. Nope, TPP, we're not going to do that. Nope, NAFTA was awful. Oh, NATO, you're going to pay your fair share. UN, I'm not paying that. Now nah, forget the human rights thing. You guys are a bunch of hypocrites. So what they're seeing is their global plan starting to unravel in front of their eyes, and they're panicking. They're saying somebody's got to do something. And it's to the level that you got managers of restaurants, you know. So um, the foot soldiers are getting nervous. They don't have a leader right now. They have no idea who they're going to run in 2020 because there was supposed to not be a 2020. <laughs> Hillary, I'm telling you, this this has wrecked the plan. Rules to radical. Solowinski, they had followed it. They had sold their soul to it. They'd went to the Wiccans. They'd been to the Warlocks. They'd been to Voodoo. They'd hung out with the witches. They they had done every hex and curse they knew. They thought this was it. They don't understand the power of prayer. They don't understand the power of prayer. And when people started praying, Donald Trump is the furthest thing from the model Christian, and he would be the first to tell you that. But he is probably got the best, biggest guts of anybody that I know as a Christian to stand up against the devil. So, um, you know, you get what you, 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 <laughs> it's a double-edged sword, but at the end of the day, he's done more for Christianity, he's done more for Israel, he's done more for America, as if you look at the economy we've ever seen. I'm not saying he's the savior, he's just the face of the answer to prayer. That's really all he is. He's the answer to prayer to King Cyrus, however you want to look at it. But I agree. The, the the left, or I shouldn't even say left. I even hate saying that. I know. New me world too. order. Those globalists, they're on both sides of the aisle. Believe me. You're going to see one of them. He's going to be a senator. Mitt Romney's going to win tonight. And then uh, he's going to walk right in. He'll be a U.S. senator. He's not going away. That guy's not done yet. And there's several of them that hang around, okay? Some of them are jumping the snowflakes. Some of the snowflakes are Jeff Flakes, and different ones are jumping off because they don't know what to do. But some of them are going to hang around. So you, to answer your question, 95% of this is still being orchestrated by Obama and Clinton. Now they'll probably write an article about me on right-wing what. Yeah, yeah, I will for sure. I, I was going to say, you know, yeah, yesterday um, they're stalking you, man, right-wing watch. It's amazing, of course. Um, uh, yesterday's the article about... Uh, let me just make sure I've got this right. Uh, well, you look for that. Bob Begley believes that the Illuminati was behind Sarah Sanders' removal from a Virginia restaurant over the weekend. Oh, I didn't even know that one. I didn't even know. I yeah. didn't see that. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. So, well, but, uh, yes, the answer is yes, I do believe that. Uh, everything right. you see is orchestrated by these. You, you know, and I, I think I think a lot of people mock what they yeah. don't understand. Exactly. They think the Illuminati only consists of like a, you know, a group of 200 of the, you know, most evilest people in a room together. They don't understand the the compartmentalization and, and not that they were given orders to these people to to kick Sarah out of the the restaurant, but it's their propaganda, their mentality. It's the narrative that they've been pushing that is leading to the behaviors and actions of these unhinged people that it, it all stems but, back but to that same know, evil. And it, it call it the Illuminati, call it the satanic exactly. elite, whatever it is. It's the it's the Who's influence the of evil that has been on this planet since the Garden of Eden and has never gone away. It just takes many different shapes and forms. And and to say it's a conspiracy or it's some kind of hoax, 
you're just uh, you know denying your own humanity and, and your own and, history. And I just want to say this, Pastor, and then and you got the floor. I just find it really interesting because obviously from the same uh, author at Right Wing Watch, uh, Paul Bigley did Illuminati Assassins target Larry Kudlow with a heart attack gun, as if that this is some strange conspiracy. That look, the church community back in '75, everyone remembers that was paying attention. Even today, you can see it on on video where uh, CIA uh, 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 trying to think of his name testifying, holding up the a heart, heart attack. The heart gun. attack, then yeah, I don't. Okay, as it. as if well, gee whiz, these don't exist. I that mean, was in the '50s, right? Well, the church committee is '75. Oh, '75. Okay, but. but uh, what's wrong with what's wrong? We with look these at the people? diplomats in China and, and Cuba who are suffering from these sound uh, attacks. I mean, uh, of course, technology. Of course. And, and 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 again, these people mock what they don't understand or don't. Yeah. Go ahead, Andrew Master. Breitbart. Andrew Breitbart. The night before he's going to unveil the video that was going to end Barack Obama's campaign, dies of a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, you know, Vince Foster. If you want to just go look at the dead bodies that follow the Clintons, and, and oh, by the way. Look at these people who have died. It's not just Americans. The Russians do it. Major, I mean, major governments use different methods to eliminate people. Even Larry, um, Larry Nichols said, you know, they look at your health records and they, they use chemical injections or, uh, put something in your tea or your drink. I mean, this is, this is no big deal. I mean, a, a heart attack gun, they had him, like you said, in 1975. Um, Kudlow criticized and the next, that night had a massive heart attack. And, uh, no, he didn't die. He must be tougher than they think. But, uh, uh, it just happens constantly. So for me to say, what happened? Did they do this? I don't know. And again, I don't know. But, you know, it starts to get really, really suspicious when people start falling over dead, uh, who have vital information. Um, you know, you just you start looking at this thing. Exactly, and, and and you you do a great job, by the way, of pointing these out, pointing these things out. If you don't ask, if you don't ask questions, if you if you don't raise these issues, um, if your mind is so closed to to these issues, you know, you got a problem. So thank you for doing what you do. Everyone should follow, subscribe to Paul Bigley's YouTube channel, Pastor Paul Bigley on YouTube. Uh, Joe, I can't read that. Uh, there we go. And Rapture Ready, uh, Paul Paul Bigley Prophecy. Yeah, he's got a show uh, every day. Uh, sorry here on Blog this. Talk Radio. You can right. go to Paul Bigley, uh, prophecy dot com and watch the, the coming show. apocalypse. I'm sorry, yeah, that's uh, the name of the yes. show. And uh, follow Pastor Begley on on Twitter. Is it just Pastor Begley at Pastor Begley? It's Pastor Begley. Yeah, on Twitter. Okay. Pastor Begley. Good. Somebody else got my first name. I don't know what's going on with that. But <laughs> let me say this: that you ask a question. You know, they want to always call us. Especially me, they call me a conspiracy theory, you know, uh, theorist and blah, blah, blah. No, what I'm doing is just reading what the Bible said was going to happen. If you read about the beast, we call it New World Order, Illuminati, Luciferians, global elitists, whatever you want to say. But the Bible calls it a seven-headed monster, a seven-headed beast. And that beast is going after anything and everything that stands for what's right. Anybody and everyone. And the beast is a consumer of flesh. It is a hater of freedom and it wants to subdue nations. It wants to subdue the world so that Lucifer is worshiped and not Jesus Christ. So that's not a conspiracy theory. Nope. It's the Bible. It's the, it's the gospel. It's not the truth. Not only is it the Bible and, and the gospel and truth, Pastor, it's also 
exactly what the mystery religion, religions and the secret societies teach, only the opposite. You know, that Lucifer is the true God. And it, no matter what uh, mystery religion or, or, or false religion, it all leads back to Lucifer. And the Freemasons uh, and the, the Illuminati's, their, their top uh, agents and writers and, and, and founders all write about this in, in open language. You know, Albert Pike talks about the, you know, uh, worshiping Lucifer, the true manifestation of light. And we're told in scripture that for even the, the devil tra- shall transform himself as an angel of light, then do not be deceived. And this is exactly what, what they're preparing us for, this great deception, this one world government, new world order, spiritual beast system that has to do with the AI and computers that we're all seeing this. It's no, it's no coincidence, this huge rise in technology to where we're at a point now where man can merge with machine. And as Patrick Wood said, uh, you know, the devil's not omnipresent. He doesn't know everything uh, at all times. But with that kind of uh, power, the computing power, where everything can be monitored at real time, it gives him that ability, which is what we've never had before in, in human history, is all these things that prophecies say will be ready and lined up, uh, you know, are here. All the tools are here. Everything's in place. It just has to be implemented. And, and Israel being a nation again, the, the computers and artificial technology, the uh, political atmosphere, you know, everything's on the world stage and ready to go. And it's just a matter of time. And we have to continue to fight and pray against it and understand that the Lord is on our side if we're on his side. Amen. You know, uh, it, I always say this, techno- the technology is now caught up with the prophecy. Mm-hmm. The technology has caught the prophecy. 2,000 years ago, the book of Revelation given to John on the Isle of Patmos, now the technology to implement this prophecy is here. And you see now the space war is going to take place. It's not just the race to space, but it's who can control space. Who is going to manage? Well, who is the prince of the power of the air? But Lucifer himself. And he's going to keep there also uh, every Friday night, guys, for six hours, every Friday night, they're convincing everyone that there is no God but that aliens are going to come. They're benevolent to the world. They are, uh, they're actually our creators and they're coming to help us. And this message is preached every Friday night for six solid hours on, on television. And people are believing this. They're falling for this. And what they really don't understand is these are, yes, they are alien. All right. They are demonic forces. They are legions. They are demons from hell. They are Satan's minions that are come to uh, kill, steal, and destroy to bring deception and people don't understand. And if you don't have the Bible, if you don't have the Word of God in your life, if somebody don't stand up and tell folks the truth, they're going to fall for this. I mean, they're, they're already falling for this. And, uh, and then this is what that spirit is that you're seeing. This anger, this hatred. It's, it's not even a swamp. It's worse than a swamp. What we, what we're witnessing is a global rise of the uh, beast. It is a, it's rising up out of the sea, just like it says in Revelation 13. And, uh, it's going to bring about an economic, uh, change. It's going to bring about a system where everyone has to toe the line. And there will be containment. There will be internment. There will be persecution. There's no question. And I know that doesn't go over real well with a lot of folks, but I'm telling you, it's what the Bible says and you can see it coming. That's right, Pastor. We only have a, a few minutes left. Is there anything we did not get into today uh, that you that you want to talk about? Anything, you, any events you got coming up? Anything you want to promote? 
Well, yeah, yeah, I do have. I'm actually going to be preaching this weekend in Toronto, Canada. If, if those go to my website, folks, if you're in Canada, I'd love to see all the Canadians come to Toronto and be there this weekend. Uh, you know, in July, we're going to have a, a blood moon. Um, and I've been telling people, there's always these moons. Anytime there's these signs in the heavens, they are prophetically orchestrated by God. You can read that in Genesis 1.14. He made it this, the lights in the firmament for times, for days and years and, and for signs and seasons. But this one is, is extraordinary. It's going to happen on July 27th. It will be the longest blood moon of the century. It's happening directly over Jerusalem. It, uh, Jerusalem, Israel has just become its 70th year as a nation. It, this is the year Jerusalem became uh, the city of God are proclaimed. We moved our embassy. There's so much going on. So this moon is really a sign to the world that the, you're going to see an acceleration of, uh, prophetic events that, and I think you're going to see attitudes like you never saw. Unfortunately, you're going to see people really freaking out. What we just saw this weekend was just the very, very small iceberg of it. Just the tip of the iceberg. You're going to see people completely losing their mind and they're being led by a spirit of deception. These signs in the heavens are showing us we're in the end days. That's exactly right. And, you know, it makes you wonder, uh, when it, when I read in scripture that, uh, the great deception, uh, for if it was possible, even the very elect would be deceived. It really makes me wonder, you know, what could be, uh, what could cause that? It, it has to be something that just completely upends the whole reality uh, as we know it to the point where you don't even believe what you see or uh, I, I just can't imagine it. But Pastor Begley, thank you so much for taking out the time out of your day to join us. Thank Absolutely. you for uh, continuing to do all you do in this fight, and uh, we do appreciate it so much. Folks, go to uh, Pastor Paul Begley's site, paulbegleyprophecy.com. Check out his show, The Coming Apocalypse. And Pastor, we look forward to talking with you here in the near future. Look forward to it, and I really great seeing you guys in Ohio. Look forward to seeing you again. God bless you, Pastor. Thank you so much. Folks, network break. Going to be right back. Stan Dale coming up. Third and final hour on this Tuesday edition of the Hagman Report, and in each Tuesday, hour number three, we are joined by Stan Deo. Now, you go to Stan Deo's website, make sure you bookmark it. He's got tons of great content him and Holly put together daily up there, and he's also got a special page, a show images page for regular radio appearances, and one of those is our uh, Hagman show page. And he's got up there um, everything from his research to what he finds interesting uh, throughout the week that he wants to talk about. And there's some great stuff up there today. I can see already, uh, number one, first and foremost, what we've been talking about throughout the whole show. It's really been the theme of the week so far. Is America headed toward a civil war? And uh, citing Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Kristen Nielsen incidents show it has already begun. 
that and there's some uh, other amazing stuff going on. I watched a video today about uh, some interesting things happening in in the uh, with weather, with uh, earthquake changes, with with solar storms on Mars and whatnot. So I don't know where Stan's going to take us with all this, but definitely a whole host of issues to cover. And uh, you know the earthquake's still ongoing in uh, Hawaii. He's got some awesome images up there on his show images page of just the power of these earthquakes and uh, just amazing. But do we have Stan? Nope. Keep going. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna just going to start with what Stan has. Is America... This is from USA Today. I see why he posted this on his show images page. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ameri- is America headed toward a civil war? Sanders and Nielsen incidents show it has already begun. Again, this is an article from USA Today. And it says, uh, the other day, author Tom Ricks asked whether we're headed towards a civil war. And it goes on from there. I'm not going to read this whole thing, but this is what they're saying in the USA Today. It's already started. And actually, this sort of thing seems to be well underway. Hollywood has basically turned its products, its award shows, into showcases for the resistance. Americans are already sorting themselves into communities that are predominantly red or blue. And... In heavily blue Washington, D.C., Trump staffers find that a lot of people don't want to date them because of their politics. Uh, obviously, the USA Today is putting a, a spin on this almost as like it's acceptable or a foregone conclusion. But if we can learn anything from our last civil war, it's been the, the most deadliest conflict America has ever seen, including World War One or Two. And we do have Stan with us. Stan, I'm told we don't have your video, though, but it's great to have you back on the show. And uh, just uh, amazing times we're living. There you go. Now we can see you. Well, I got to push that little button down there. <laughs> so, the, the, okay. the professor in the study. I love it. Yes. Well, I got to get this. Oh goodness gracious! Yeah, I've uh, got a photo. It's not showing on the site. Oh, hi there. All right. Yes. Yes. Oh, a couple of them actually. Oh goodness gracious! Oh well. Such as it is. Now, yes. what? What are we doing tonight? I don't know. What do you want to do? Civil you want, War. You want to play Hannah Pinnacle? What do you want to do? Yeah, well, uh, Civil War sounds like a good discussion. Images 49 and 51. Um, is America headed toward a Civil War? You know, Sanders and Nielsen incident show it's already begun. There's an article Holly had up on our uh, website there about, when was it? Yesterday, yeah. And uh, I thought it was worth uh, putting up uh, because uh, she and I were talking about it when we were at the Hopi uh, down in, in Arizona. They uh, they told us uh, about a great civil war coming in the United States, and uh, it would precede uh, the invasion of the United States by China, Russia, and one Middle Eastern country. And we're very close to that. As you can see, I know you were talking about this here in the last segment about mm-hmm. the civil war. Um and there's a GOP politician or a congressman that's saying the same thing. Um, they're just a little bit behind the curve here because we've been telling people this is going to happen for years on your show. Um, the the polarities that the uh, Hopi told us about were going to be uh, mainly uh, racial and religious lines, not uh, wealth or poverty, that kind of stuff. I'm sure that some of that might happen, but mainly like Muslim, Christian, uh, Jewish type conflicts, um, black, white, uh, Mexican, uh, and uh, Puerto Ricans against, you know, you know, all those kind of Latin countries against us here as the European occupants. 
and it's going to rip the country apart from so many different directions that uh, it will weaken us to the point where we, we don't have a defense internally against external invasion. Um, with this kind of stuff going on, uh, the people in the Democratic side, you know, that want to tear us down, you know, the, the current government, they could be in places of influence which would allow the United States to be vulnerable to attack. I'm sure that would please Obama to no end with all the stuff he's still doing behind the scenes. Oh, Lord. But anyway, it's going to happen. Where, where has Obama been? We haven't heard much from him, have we? No, is, we haven't. Is he in upstate New York fishing? Um, just asking. Uh, I don't know. I, I still think he's directing behind the scenes yeah. a lot of this uh, resistance. Yeah, I do. I do as well. You know, I, I I look at and I've been looking at this, uh, Stan. I've been looking at um, the organizing for action committee. I've been looking at the at the tentacles coming from what we call the deep state and who's directing things and how. And I just there's a lot going back to Obama that's not being reported and. I just have this. Uh, I, I know that. Well, we, 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 you know, you know what? You've talked about this. We've, we've talked about this before. I don't want to belabor the issue, but just keep your eyes on on Obama. That's my belief. Yeah, I think he's got a, a cush pad somewhere, probably over in Europe, or uh, you know, some safe place for him once America falls apart. Uh, I think he was just doing what the the organizers behind the scene, the deep state, was was telling him to and said, you'll get reported greatly. I mean, this is a guy in college that was uh, half the time on dope, you know, with his marijuana, you know, his legend. And, you know, he doesn't really care about a lot of the stuff that we do. His whole activity was just to do what they said, open up the borders, make life uh, chaotic here, and force the melting of the Central American, South American populations up into North America. They want to make a race of tan, you know, genetically over several generations, and that's what this is all about. In addition to getting rid of the European or, you know, American European types that have said, you know, we have to have uh, conservative behavior here. We have to have uh, borders on our uh, countries, uh, you know, walls on our borders to keep people out so we remain a nation apart from the rest of the world. And, and President Trump's trying to do that, and we applaud that. But the, the Obama types, you know, and the people behind him want America to cease to exist. It becomes part of, you know, one of the ten regions of the country, or sorry, of the world, that the Club of Rome designed back in 1977 and 78. That is on page 200 of the Cosmic Conspiracy, the map, and before that lists all the countries and what groups they're in, or what, uh, you know, uh, of the ten groups, which ones they're in. It's almost prophetic that uh, they have long ago divided our planet up into ten regions, you know, like ten kings. And that moment is is coming soon, in spite of everything that uh, President Trump and those of us trying to fight it have done. Uh, and if I if I may su- uh, make a suggestion to people listening, if you don't have Stan's Cosmic Conspiracy, please get it. it it's a good read. It's it's as relevant today as when he wrote it, if not more so. Cosmic Conspiracy. While you're at it, there to prepare. Uh, by Holly Dale. Uh, folks, um, you know, if it was good five years ago, it's even more, it's even better today. Um, much more needed, I should say, and much more relevant. Cosmic Conspiracy and Dare to Prepare. Go to standale.com. And that's Doug speaking. And, and I, 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 you were going to say more better. I was going to say more better. <laughs> no, that's right. 
Uh, no, it's a great book. Yeah. It is a great book. And and what are you I up to, Stan? How many? Uh, what's the latest edition? The uh, final uh, edition. Well, it's the final edition. I've not updated anymore because I'm working on a uh, another book, um, uh, Vindicator Scrolls Volume Two, where I uh, am going to chronicle the uh, discovery of the Garden of Eden and a lot more evidence that I had in the, the Volume One of the Vindicator Scrolls and Atlantis and. There'll be uh, probably new updates and uh, prophetic events there if we, if the country survives long enough to get it to print. Stan, but, uh, I want to ask you this: Why you just mentioned the Garden of Eden? Because uh, me and John and Eric had a little, just a, a few second discussion about this earlier. How does uh, okay? Because you believe uh, that the Earth was smaller thousands of years ago that we've expanded. Oh yes, yeah, Stan. How, how does that? This. How I mean, does that play cool. into? Uh, the geography of finding the Garden of Eden wouldn't the the with the things with the Earth expanding wouldn't that change the geography and the landscape, uh, kind of making it unrecognizable to what it was back during the Garden of Eden? Or does that? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, it would, it would, and so that's why I spent a lot of time in research, um, looking at maps that have been created by others and myself as well, where we put all the continents back together again. It's no secret in uh, geological circuits that the Coastlines of North South America and Europe and uh, and Africa will fit together, mm-hmm. and uh, but they leave a little like orange slice hole in the middle if you just do it at today's diameter. But if you shrink the Earth down seventy five, uh, you know twenty five percent, the continents all fit like that. But you have to make the Earth smaller. So when you put all of the continents you know back together into the Pangaea mass then you can easily see where the four rivers came from. There's no question about it. It came from uh, the, the spot I showed there in Tanzania. Um, it, the problem with what I'm uh, proposing is this. Uh, mainstream science says, oh, Pangaea, when all the continents were together again, was 100 million years ago. And I say, that's rubbish. The, 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 we've had what's called catastrophism occur. We've had catastrophic changes to the Earth's mantle and to the diameter of the Earth from uh, comet impacts, from asteroid impacts, um, from the, the the surface of the Earth, just the thin mantle being flipped upside down and off 23.5 degrees by one or two large meteor impacts over in the, the uh, eastern side of India and uh, down to what's part of Central America today, I think. But um, anyway, that's another discussion. The problem is you have to be able to put all these things back together again to find the original rivers. And once you do that, a lot of things fall into place. Adjust the timing, the, the way we date uh, geological ages. If they aren't 100 million years old, we could be looking at between seven and 10,000 years, maybe 12,000, uh, depending upon which translation of the uh, Genesis account you use, uh, for, you know, of the Hebrew, because there's a certain dating um, convention that's different about the ages of the patriarchs. But anyway, um, within the last... Mm, 10, 12, 12 to 14,000 years. I think all these major shifts, changes in the diameter of the Earth expanding, the continents being rapidly blown apart by the meteor impact, uh, meteors impact, these things have, uh, you have to, you have to take them into account and put the Earth back together again like it was. We'll argue probably for, until the Lord himself comes and, and puts everything straight, we'll argue, uh, the mainstream scientists and people like me, that the timing convention for the age of the universe and the Earth is way up to shoot. It's wrong in mainstream science. And we will argue, uh, probably till the cows come home again, 
that the Earth and other planets can change diameter as they age due to uh, various, you know, uh, uh, impacts or kind of like me. <laughs> what? Okay, okay. Kind of <laughs> like, kind of like me. You know, as I as I get older, I get wider, right? I mean, I, I'm I'm joking, but but it, it's <laughs> so okay. And I and I'm sorry for for interrupting, but I do have a question um, to add on to that uh, to what Joe asked. Um, actually, two questions. I'm going to slip them in here now. Feel free to answer them whenever, okay? Because I don't want to get you off the story I already did anyway. But how big was the Garden of Eden? I wrote these questions down before you came on, and uh, this one, or I wrote that question down, and this one, uh, this next question: If the Earth acceptably has gotten larger in diameter, why is it? Or how does that affect time? And by and like a second or sec two a or two b question here would be: um, Hasn't time accelerated, or is it just our perception of time that's askew? So I, I apologize for help me out, Joe. Save me, will you? I, I can't make me stop talking. All right, all right, all right. You're wondering uh, how time has changed, or uh, maybe our measurement of time has changed. Something's happened, we... and, and the yeah. question, and the question I had, because you brought it up about the Earth um, changing, the, the the diameter changing, and I understand that after listening to you, by the way. But but wouldn't that slow time down based on the the revolution? Yeah, when when the Earth was smaller, with the same amount of um, uh, spin energy, if you want to call it that, the angular momentum. With with that amount of energy, after the Earth expanded, that same amount of energy was applied to a longer radius of the Earth, which meant that it would have to move the mass on a longer arm, which meant the Earth's length of day would be longer. So, when it was before it expanded, the days were a lot shorter. Well, I say a lot, maybe. Um, I'd have to calculate it. Uh, I don't think it's a linear progression, but they, they were shorter by a few hours. Okay. And then as far as the Earth going around the sun, we would have to say, uh, is there evidence for the sun having expanded, uh, you know, uh, or our orbit expanded? Have we moved further out from the sun than we were originally? Do all things that are spinning in the uh, universe and in our solar system particularly do all things gradually slow down until everything just goes and there's everything is dust and, and no more planets and stars and galaxies that, that's entropy to its maximum another you know philosophical question for another debate but um, if the sun has uh, been aging and moving out our orbits would move out with it and so the momentum of the whole solar system is slowing down from the original uh state that it was in this um, a variation of 2% in our orbit, our distance from the sun now would change a lot as far as the temperatures uh, on the surface of our planet making it either uh, an ice age or um, you know, too hot to live on the surface so it's a very delicate balance where our planet is situated with our sun anyway um, the, the I've looked at the ages of patriarchs um, when the orbits were closer to the sun. Did we have humans on the planet? And were, were, 
were years a lot shorter because, you know, we were spinning faster as we conserve momentum going in closer to the sun. Interesting questions, and I'm sure that uh, it'll be good table talk and uh, coffee and whatever talk uh, later. But, yeah, uh, those things did change. And um, as far as uh, the Garden of Eden-type location, how big it was, that what you just asked? Yes. Okay. There was not... Um, really any clues that I could find that said how large the Garden of Eden was. Uh, simply put, the description of the Garden of Eden was, it was on the east side of the land of Eden. So you had to find the land of Eden. And uh, what I did was work backwards, trace the major rivers that went around countries I knew were famous for gold, and Cush with a K over in Iran, Iraq, and that area. Anyway, I backtracked where these rivers came from, and they all came from one spot. Uh, the um, uh, it's called Kumnana uh, in the high altitude of, of the uh, northern um, hills of the Ngoro Plateau. And that water came out, went to four rivers, and, and it also fed downhill about three or four thousand feet into a crater called Ngoro Crater, which was the garden. Now, the, a garden, a gun, uh, in the Middle East uh, forever has been a circular hedge or something to keep the livestock in or to keep the wild animals out or both. And a, a crater that uh, still got all the walls intact, you know, a collapsed volcano like that one, he is a perfect example. Now, was there a land uh, west of that if the garden was built in the east? Uh, yes, there was, and there is. And it itself is bordered by a string of... Um, uh, lakes that go around it and some connect, uh, some are now not connecting and the Garden of Eden is on the eastern side at one of those uh, uh, connecting ring lakes uh, Lakes, and you would think that perhaps this was from a, a large uh, snowball, a large uh, comet that hit there ages ago, put all that water into what's now Lake Victoria drove it underground as far as ice which was then melted by the volcanic activity and was pushed up by the heat and the increased gravity because the earth was smaller pushed up through the Komanana, uh, you know, which is basically the, the local name for what uh, we call like the fountains uh, of the uh, uh, you know, the sources of the water that made the great rivers uh, geysers, you know, that kind of stuff and uh, so when you say how big is Eden, I'd say the garden part where the animals in Adam and Eve probably walked, where the water was cooler and everything down the, the lower part of it, was the Ngoro Crater, and that's about 110 square miles in area. And you can see darn near every bit of that 110 square miles when you stand up on Engatati Hill that we were on, that little round plate hill in the middle of, or kind of off center of the, the crater. You can stand and look at the whole garden complex, and you can see Every bit of it except for the trees, you know, way out there on the edge uh, on the south side and a couple of little uh, bumpy uh, hills they are that are next to the rivers that come in to feed the water into the garden. That is that area. Uh, looking to the east of there, even further, is where the, um, the cherubs were put. Uh, and in the ancient days, you have to understand, cherub was not a living creature. It was a big thing that can move mountains and destroy. It's what they call the burning mountains or volcanoes in those days. Uh, Kilimanjaro is east of the Garden of Eden, east of 
Vingoro Plateau. And it had two smaller volcanoes next to it. And the legends of the area say that Kilimanjaro uh, was known as the, the Mountain of Light. And uh, one of the, the two translations for flaming sword, there's the other one in Hebrew, which is a spiraling, spinning, sparkling fire. Light comes out of a volcano. Now, that did not block people from getting to the Garden of Eden. It protected the way. It, it showed the way and protected it so people could find it later. Like what Moses was talking about from the Egyptian records, they knew where the Garden of Eden was. He was telling you east based on what he knew at that time when the earth was already expanded and things were moved. He was trying to tell you there it is, east of there. You can see that today if you look at your map. Um, the actual land of Eden is where the Serengeti Plain is. All those animals, just tens of thousands of wildebeest and giraffes and lions and elephants, they're all out there, except for the ones that still live inside the crater in the garden. And uh, between 25,000 and 30,000 still live there today of the large animals, and they never migrate. There's no reason to, because the climate, the water, the food is perfect. <laughs> and, you know, I've, all I've done is say, I'm going to call that the Garden of Eden rather than Africa's Garden of Eden because people, for some reason, they don't like to think that the Garden of Eden could have come from Africa, you know, that, that you know, place that's a third world country and everything <laughs> and not part of Israel, you know. But it it has been recognized by many tourists, including kings and queens, and, you know, um, Prince Charles and his sons, uh, the Prime Minister of Japan, uh, the Clintons, I hate to admit that, but they did go, to see this beautiful Garden of Eden. And you'll see the posts online uh, where people have been there. Uh, there are about 600,000 people a year go there. And when the people have gone there and gone to the garden, uh, they say, this is a Garden of Eden. This really is. They feel it, but all I've done is given them the, the hard uh, facts to say, yes, that is the Garden of Eden. You're right. And uh, for that, uh, of course, I get a couple of pats on the back, and we're still talking to, you know, like, the president of Tanzania and... Uh, the Ngoro Conservancy, we're, they just think we hung the moon. But the only thing we did was to confirm what a lot of their tourists have already been uh, telling them. You know, they feel it. It's just so peaceful there. It fits all the the, the descriptions. Anyway, I'm very, getting off on it. Very really interesting stuff. Yeah. We, we love it. Uh, you know, I could listen, and I did listen to the previous shows. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for your research. I mean that. Well, thank you. It's been, what, 30, 40 years worth of work, but uh, finally got there. Amazing. Yeah, 30 years, I think, officially. Yeah, something like that this year, 30 years. Yeah. And it was a hard trek. Yeah, yeah, one that I don't think I could possibly do. Um, But the, the reason I asked the question about the size, and this may seem like such a stupid question, I got an email saying, you, 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 it's, it's telling me basically to shut, shut up and it says love your wife. Um, who's listening? No, um, the reason I asked about the size of the gar, of, of the Garden of Eden, and this may sound like a really ignorant question, but what was that meant to be? Uh, I know, I, I know how many people are, do you know what I'm trying to get at? In other words, I'm not even sure how to ask that question, Stan. How many people would the Garden of Eden hold? Well, ah. 
you, you see my thought process here without you're saying you're saying uh, why did God create that for just two people? Could it have held more? And uh, is that kind of where you're heading with that question? Could it have held? Thank you for helping me articulate the, this question. All right. I'm going to have to edit this whole thing out because hmm. I sound like a bumbling idiot. <laughs> um, no. I, I, do you know where I'm going with this question? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. All right. Um, you know, um, in addition to Adam and Eve, there were all these animals that were in there for that God brought past Adam, saying, "What are you going to call this one?" You've You've seen him live and do whatever he does. Uh, what's his characteristic? So whatever the ancient word for elephant was is because of something that they did. You know, uh, um, I, I don't even know what the word is, so I couldn't begin to phonetically analyze it. But when you have all those animals there in an ecostructure, um, Adam and Eve weren't really, I don't think, supposed to um, to go forth and multiply in the Garden of Eden. I mean, God would not have put up the two temptations on the, the hill there, uh, the two trees, and said, oh, don't eat of that, you know, uh, and then allow Satan to go in, allow him to go in and tempt them and say, oh, look, it, it won't kill you, it, it, uh, you know, eat of this fruit. Um, this was the plan, uh, to uh, put them in there as uh, human beings, but human beings that had a spirit connection to God directly, not like the hominids that we find the bones of outside the crater uh, in the old Dubai Gorge and over in the Omo Valley and things like that. But these were to be different, different than the ones that perhaps even Satan had a hand in engineering, because if you look at the gap theory of the Genesis account where it said the earth had become waste and void, there was a time before when it wasn't waste and void, and was it uh, Satan's playground? I mean, was he doing things he should have done by uh, making uh, these hominids or changing them into the shape uh, of, of our creator. You know, we're made in his image. So we don't know. There's just not enough evidence, you know, documentation to know for sure, but you can surmise that something existed before that. And planting the Garden of Eden there um, and creating the man that spirit filled was to put a seed in the midst of all the other creation uh, things there to... Uh, generate a large population uh, but not in the Garden of Eden uh, he, put them, he took them out and we think he put them over into the Omo Valley or into Ethiopia somewhere in that area because uh, from there the DNA records uh, mitochondrial DNA records show that all human uh, cultures today trace their mitochondrial DNA back to that very spot there at the Omo Valley um, you know that's science uh, that's where we all came from so I think that's where the Adam and Eve uh, contingent were planted, where they uh, perhaps intermarried into some of the other hominid structures that were your people that were there. Thank you for oh, this. That Okay, just that alone, and again, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but just that alone, it, it, it now now it makes more sense. You're, you're actually overlaying the science with, with the Bible, the, the biblical account, and, and the story of creation to make this make sense. Um, whether we're talking about the, the the actual space of the Garden of Eden or the purpose or the um, the other aspects, you know, as, as you mentioned from the gap theory or, or beyond that, and, and what's around, I, I got it now. I, I think I got it, and I, and, uh, I appreciate you humoring me on that, as, as oh. inarticulate as that was. Doug, uh, these questions that uh, I kick around in my mind too all the time. I mean, 
you know, uh, I could stand there uh, in, in uh, Tanzania, there at the Old Divide Gorge, where they've got the bones of these, you know, ancient uh, hominids, you know, human-type structures, and and then you you say, well, Adam and Eve were just five miles away over that rim there in the Garden of Eden. How did this? How do you explain that? And you have to see that there were two different types of beings. There was the hominid animal man that didn't have the spirit of God within him, and then there was you know, the Adam and Eve descended, and they went out and they multiplied into that existing culture and started, uh, uh, you know, uh, making hybrids, you know, that had the spirit-filled being part of them in their DNA uh, to that God's creation then, uh, the Adam and Eve man, to go forth throughout the world and eventually um, organize the planet like God organizes in heaven. That we That was the plan. But obviously, we didn't do that. We got right. cut off in the Garden of Eden, so we didn't have that direct link open any longer. But we still have the place there. And all we have to do to open it up is like when people believe in Jesus and they say, look, enter into my heart, and you know, into me. Uh, that's when you open up the calm line back to God. And uh, those are the, the ones that God wants to harvest because whether he uses this earth or the new earth, the new heaven that's coming in a thousand years or so, He's going to need people to administer it and to help the beings that live there, whether they be animals or, or intelligent beings. It's we're in a temporary spot here. We're in a virtual reality that God's created, and we know from the same book, the Bible, in the last part of Revelation, where it says, "The earth and the heavens, as we know it, will pass away in a fiery heat, be destroyed, totally, everything gone, but they will be replaced by a new heaven and a new earth." So. Mm. Uh, you know what's that going to be like? I don't know, but I'd like to be there and see it, and uh, <laughs> you know, use a base of operations and go explore. Uh, but anyway, wow. uh, I digress. Uh, wow, it's important. It's important. The Garden of Eden is the beginning, right? Uh, if you prove that, which I've done to my satisfaction, a lot of other people's satisfaction, if you prove that, then the Bible is not some mythical document. It is a historical document, and it is something to be read and listened and paid attention to well said and for those non-believers out there listening to this program I think um, to, to turn to the Bible the answers are, are found there and uh, it's amazing what Sandeo has done really to verify not, not that the Bible, the Bible needs validating but it's interesting to hear from a scientific perspective been there eyes on you know it's it's a whole different ball game and how many, how many people do you know that's that has offered this research up for your consumption folks not too many well one standeo in in his expedition group so thank you for doing that and and, and th- again thank you for humoring me from that and and uh, not laughing at me from that word salad uh, uh paragraph of questions but uh <laughs> i got it i got it i understand sometimes it's hard to wrap your mind around what you want to say when it's such a big concept yeah, um, seriously, it is, and um, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and it, you know, ponder this. Wow. Well, and as I said to you, the, the Adam and Eve they were taken out of the garden and uh, over to the east of it there in the, either Omo Valley or Ethiopia in that area, uh, and they had children that were you know uh, they had uh, better gene structure than a lot of the 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 animal type uh, human beings. And the Egyptians always thought, as did Moses, that the Egyptian uh, gods, little g demigods, came from Ethiopia. 
because they had uh, they were tall. One of them was uh, Seth, I think, was called. Uh, he was the redhead giant, uh, tall man from the desert who came over from uh, Tanzania in that direction. And so, um, even uh, Moses married uh, an Egyptian uh, uh, woman uh, to to tie his link back to the gods of Ethiopia as far as, as his authority to the Egyptians and things like that. Um, anyhow, the, 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 the migration pattern was down through the Great East African Rift into uh, Saudi Arabia and the whole Arabian Peninsula. Now, why is that important? Because once the Adamic man, you know, the offspring of Adam and Eve, went down there and into Saudi Arabia, they started to meet another group of beings uh, the fallen ones, you know, the fallen angels, uh, the, uh, the Satan's minions that were down there, uh, causing, um, genetic changes to the human type structures to make, uh, Hercules, uh, to make, uh, you know, the, the legendary Greek gods. And this is because of the hybridization they did. And this was, uh, a bad thing in God's eyes, but yet this hybridization started to mix in with the descendants of Adam and Eve. That's why when the story of the flood in that area happened, it said that, that Noah in his generation was found to be perfect. Well, it meant his DNA was not tainted by all this other nonsense that Satan was doing in the area with his crossbreeding of animals and people and whatever. Now, it doesn't explain the, the, the wives of uh, Noah's uh, sons. I mean, they might not have been perfect in their generation. I don't know. That might be how some of the strange... Uh, uh, changes occurred in the DNA structure where you have white, black, orange, yellow people, brown. That may have occurred because of their background. But that was the story of Atlantis as well. Atlantis um, was told they had um, a god, one of twelve, that came to the earth from the heavens and made Saudi Arabia or Atlantis his kingdom. And, you know, they did um, wonderful things scientifically, but they also did some bad things with the hybridization under Satan's control, which I think might have been Poseidon, their name for Satan. Um, so it's important. Garden of Eden migrating down to Saudi Arabia, crossbreeding with whatever Satan was doing, and this almost fouled the whole game, but yet God wiped out as much as that as could be done in one hit with the tidal waves from the asteroid, sank the lower half of Saudi Arabia, killed all of the, the most of the, the hybrid beings, and then after the flood, uh, you know, a few hundred years, when Moses was going into, or Joshua was taking Israel into the promised land of Israel, that's why God said to, to Joshua, look, uh, kill this village and everything in it, every living thing, it's got bad DNA, kill it. Uh, children, animals, everything. And it was because a few survived the flood, otherwise you wouldn't have a giant like uh, Og of Bashan, the king of Bashan, and you wouldn't have Goliath and his brothers. So uh, it was a cleanup, a mopping action that God had Israel do when they took over the land. All these things tie together into one neat little package about, you know, the creation, the uh, fall from grace, uh, the uh, satanic intervention, and, and God getting rid of all the, the baddies in that area that have been created by Satan and his minions. And Which answers, then, the, yeah, it answers the question, too. How, how can your God, you know, meaning God of the Bible, be so cruel to wipe out children, animals? What did they do? And you just answered that question. A lot of people have that. Again, this is fantastic. Well, you know, uh, the rabbis that have studied years and years uh, the Hebrew documents of the Genesis account, 
they have had a problem that generally just crossed their eyes. They could not answer it. And that was how did giants, you know, hybrid beings appear on the other side of the flood, which wiped them all out. And the best that they could do was to say, if you take in Hebrew the name for Noah or Ark, I think it was, and you twist it around this way and that way, it tells you a story that says that Og, the king of Bashan, the giant, hung on to Noah's ark, and Noah fed him through the roof there, and he survived the flood by hanging on to Noah's boat. That's ridiculous, right? But they're trying to explain how the flood could have wiped out everybody, and yet those kind of beings reappeared on the other side. And there's two ways it could happen. Some did survive the flooding, which was more like tidal surges, tidal waves that swept around the planet. There's evidence of that everywhere. And there could have been, you know, spot survivors in that area from that. Or there could have been a reinfestation of this genetic breeding, crossbreeding by Satan after the flood. So, which, take your pick. Do you subscribe to the latter? And, and the reason I ask, I don't believe God would, God's not incompetent. He's omnipotent, so he wouldn't miss one, right? Uh, I mean, uh, well, I'm trying I to uh, again. I'm trying to work this out. You're trying to ask me what his plan was, why he would let any survive. Um, uh, you know, God has uh, emotion and uh, you know character like we have, and uh, but his his own version of it. So why would he let some survive? Uh, you know, maybe he didn't want to do anything but destroy all the bad flesh that had been created in that area and had been had been hybridized by uh, Satan um, okay. and he couldn't he, maybe he couldn't kill all of them without killing some of you know the people he wanted to survive they collateral were okay damage, right yeah collateral damage I, I'm just guessing so um, I can't uh, support that uh, biblically or otherwise but uh, uh, he it's did come, come back and clean up he cleaned it up afterwards right so you know and maybe it was something that Look, Moses, uh, when he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt across the river there, and he sent the spies into Canaan, you know, which would become Israel later, when he sent the spies in to see what the people were like there, they all came back frightened to death, saying, look, you know, they grow these huge grapes, and, and they're giants there, and, oh, they're so tough, and we, we couldn't win. And that's why the children of Israel didn't get to go in and take the land. They had to wait 40 years and wander around there in the other part of Saudi Arabia, because they were frightened and didn't believe that the Lord would protect them and lead them to victory with all those gigantic beings. So they were there then. Hmm. Okay. Wow. He- heavy topics. <laughs> and and, and I, I love these yeah. discussions. I, I really do. Um, and, and thank you, Stan, for humoring me in, in discussing these, these topics. And to, to the audience, thank you so much for humoring me as well. Uh, and for tolerating my uh, again my my uh, areas of of interest and, and well uh, in our same thing for me Doug this is a discussion between us about these things that have bugged us you know you, you dig into them and try to explain within the framework of what you you do trust and know and that's that's all we're doing is sharing that information very very good having a conversation and and wow phd level conversation and uh <laughs> w- 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 with a with a kindergarten kid here over here yeah. all right yeah. joe yeah I know right. you were you're, well, yeah where do you want to go from here stan okay um there are a few interesting things happening with earthquakes and uh, volcanoes um slide 43 if you just clicked on that 
that's just one of the normal maps that I, I get from USGS every week, showing the last week's um, Richter earthquakes. I think those are four point no two point five globally, and um, they look kind of like an average map. I've seen a lot more within a week and around the various countries. But what impressed me as soon as I saw this was, whoa, there's a lot of earthquakes here in that little island of Hawaii in the middle there with the red dot on it. But there aren't very many earthquakes like usual over on the continental United States and up into uh, Alaska. So close that slide down, go back, and and uh, get onto slide 44. Now slide 44, you'll have to zoom up so that you can you know, move it up and down on your screen. And you'll see here I listed every earthquake over Richter 1 in the last week in the United States and in Alaska. And you both know we've seen a lot worse than that in the 2.5 range even, a heavier population of earthquakes, but nothing's happening to us. This is one of the the, the weakest earthquake uh, periods I've seen, you know, weeks at a time, uh, for the United States and Alaska. On the other hand, uh, I think Alaska's making up for the difference. Get over to slide 45. And weren't you telling us about this last week, Stan, that you feared that uh, there was a buildup for potential uh, for huge earthquake activity between Alaska and Southern California because of other activity you were uh, noticing? Yeah, well, they think that eventually the the earthquake, the next big one in the West Coast, will be in the Salton Sea area at at the south end of the San Andreas Fault. Uh, You can see that. Uh, do I have that in here? Yes, up at slide 50 where Holly's uh, put a link to that story. Um, but I'm missing uh, slide 48. Click on slide 48 now. That's Kilauea. Uh, one week of it. And that's all the earthquakes that are occurring there. And in the middle of that cluster of earthquakes, you, uh, underneath all that is the, the, uh, the the crater for Kilauea. Uh, and that, when you see that many earthquakes here, you're looking at over 4,700 earthquakes in the last week. Wow. In that area, 4,700. So, uh, Holly said to me, well, they must have all gone over there to happen instead of back in the United <laughs> States. Does it work but, that uh, way? <laughs> <laughs> it was a joke. No, it was a joke. But, um, yeah, um, there's something there. Uh, you, you can see in slide 45, you can see the division of the, of the population of 2.5 or greater, that it's in two parts, you know, the northern and southern part of the crater rim where this is happening. And uh, I don't know that I put in one that's got the subfloor there, did I? No. Um, if you go to Google Earth and look at the subfloor uh, of the Kilauea, which would be to the south and south southeast of the picture you're looking at, you'll see um, parts of the, you know, the of the island that are underwater that I talk about frequently, um, and the lava flow coming from Kilauea is adding to the depth of that stuff under the ocean uh, the layer there, so that it's building the island up, as I've been saying. Now, it might be that these thousands of earthquakes that are happening every week are uh, just simply a function of the magma squeezing up through the vents. They do know that there's one vent starting to act up today. They flew over it and it's starting to, to uh, look like it's going to emit some more magma. Now, is this process a lead up to a major uh, eruption or is it just 
blowing steam, as it were, you know, and putting magma out as a slow flow rather than a huge eruption. I don't know, and I don't know that uh, USGS knows either. There was an article I read this week also about a, a super volcano underneath uh, the northeastern New England states, um, which I thought was kind of interesting, Virginia and around that area there. Um, and they say it'll be, you know, 80 million years or something before it erupts, if it ever does, and becomes a, a super volcano. But they have now suddenly discovered this huge magma pool down underneath the New England states, which could be one as big as Yellowstone if, if it erupts in 80 million years, of course. If you look at slide 47, uh, Holly found a number of these images, which are of Kilauea and the lava flow coming out of it, and uh, it really transmits the sense of heat, <laughs> hot. Uh, and if you saw that coming towards your neighborhood, I think it'd be time to leave. Wow, magnificent! <laughs> that was a uh, yeah. When that's the first image I opened when I opened your show images page, and some of these. Uh, Images that have come out of Hawaii are just mind blowing uh, to see the force and the the colors and uh, just unbelievable the power of uh, and to think our Earth inside of our Earth somehow is all this lava and and somehow we uh, through creation when you think of uh, you know how we are able to live and uh, basic stability uh, on top of this big ball of molten lava it's truly amazing. Have uh, have you ever watched that uh, show, The Twelve Monkeys? The movie? Uh, well, the the serial on, on the on the the dish on the satellite. It's the Twelve no, Monkeys. No, I, no, I haven't. Nope. Okay, well, for your listeners, those of you that have, if you go back to our website, standio.com, and go down to the photo of the day where this picture of uh, Kilauea is, and go down to the second image, you'll see a forest of red trees, and in the in the uh, uh, Twelve Monkeys uh, serial. They have uh, is part of the the core of the whole concept is the forest the red forest, and yeah there you go that's the one. I just thought it was as soon as I saw that I thought of the the plot line and that uh, that episode. That it, it's a it's a thing about time travel messing with time and events and you know uh, typically a stand favorite in the sci-fi genre is uh, time travel. But uh, anyway that was that. Uh, just for those of you that know what I'm talking about there. Uh, going back to our show images page, another one of those things that nobody knew about until it happened, uh, four or five days ago, an asteroid explodes over Russia. Did you guys cover this? No. No, not at all. Yeah, well, click on that, uh, image, uh, 48. Look, uh, click on the, the text if you want to read the article, and you can click on the image itself, and it will show you a very short, about a 16 second, clip of the video that came out of Russia and they actually caught this on camera as it came in and you click on it and oh you know what I did see this Stan uh, yeah but we never talked oh, about man. it yeah, toward the end of it about uh, 14 seconds in uh, you'll see this thing and that it was only like you know yeah there you go uh, it it happens quick and something that big you know uh, quick is, is, <laughs> is dangerous but because uh, the momentum of it wow uh, they said it exploded there in that, ex- that explosion. So if you look at, um, you'll stop, if you stop that image right when it's the biggest flare, you'll see the asteroid, wow. bang, right there. Did you see that black spot in the middle of it? Just okay. back it up. Yeah. Back Hang it on. up. Here we go. Yeah. Right there. And there, there. That's the asteroid making all that, um, <laughs> that fire around it, okay? That's the envelope. 
uh, and that was uh, producing an explosion that was 2.8 kilotons. So did they find you know, the rock? Uh, and how big would that be? Um, I think the article says it was about uh, uh, four meters, 13 feet in diameter, which is a baby compared to the one that came in, you know, in February of 2013, which was 65 feet in diameter. Like a school so, bus, yeah, that made that injured all those people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was worth reading that they didn't know it was there till it, it came in. Wow. Oh, Surprised. wow, indeed. And, and so the size of a, I don't know, Volkswagen Beetle, you know. Yeah, yeah, the size of a, a small car. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And 2.8 kilotons. That's, uh, yeah. Well, anyway, the thing the thing that, about that that I, you know, I bring to your attention is we really don't have um, enough equipment, technology to find all those things coming our direction out there. And when you see how many small asteroids there are, they're relatively small, you know, 60, 70 feet, 100 feet in diameter. Sometimes those are hard to find because they don't give a reflected signature. So we need more spacecraft out there in, in different orbits around the Earth to detect these things and uh, triangulate them so that we can get their course projections back into our computers. Um, and so uh, when President Trump says NASA's coming back into business, I think that's probably one of the things that they will address is near-Earth objects and impact and cataloging them and figuring out a way to move them on out of the way. There's going to be one that we'll miss, obviously, because the Revelation talks about this burning star wormwood that falls into the ocean and, and kills a lot of stuff. But... Um, It'd be nice to stop the rest of them. Uh, and for the life of me, I can't figure out how we do that, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. You, you know, I, I just have to say this one time when I was driving on the, on, on the interstate, it was, uh, it, it was about five, five o'clock in the afternoon, just outside of Buffalo, New York. And I did see, um, it, and it did make the papers and, and that'd be called an asteroid, right? An asteroid. Um, meteorite. Meteorite, asteroid, whatever. Meteorite. Boy, I'll tell you what, it, it, it caught my attention, lit up the sky. And, and it was hundreds of miles away, but, uh, um, what a sight to see in, in, in daylight. Um, nothing like that, of course. It was just the streak and the, and kind of like a small fireball, but, uh, talk about impressive and. I They're very bright. Yeah. You know, that little, that little pinpoint of light is very bright. You don't see it in the photographs, but. Oh, uh, extremely bright. Yeah. I had one come right over the top of my house. I've told you about this before down in Australia at night, and I was out in the yard when it happened. And it came right over, traveling so fast that the shockwave of it arrived later after it went over my head and crashed into the forest behind the house, broke into four pieces. And it was green, ionizing the air, making it uh, this green ball of fire. It looked like, for all the world, like someone had a Roman candle out in the street in front of my house and it shot it up in the air. It was that bright and brilliant green. And then in the middle, that kind of pinkish, you know, uh, fire, whatever. But it lit up, like you said, at night, it lit up the whole area and turned it green. Oh. And it woke up my daughter, whose bedroom was facing that way. And she thought that the Martians had landed. woke her up and she thought, you know, something like War of the Worlds had happened <laughs> because it was so green. But yeah, it is something if you get to see it in a non-harmed, non-harmful way, it'd be good to see. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. You know, 
Uh, that's slide 51 uh, about the congressman and Holly's note on the on the Hopi. Um, it was 1996, I think it was, that they they told us about all that, and that's been what 22 years uh, getting here. But sure enough, it's coming. And, uh, hmm. They do say that uh, the war that comes after the Civil War, the, the invasions uh, from other countries, will so decimate the population in the major city areas that only little small groups of survivors will come out of North America or out of the United States. And that they, they will join with the Hopi and the Navajo who will come up into the Four Corners region of Colorado and uh, Utah, that area there, Arizona, um, and possibly move up into the... Uh, the mountain range to the west of the Rockies area into the valleys there and resettle uh, and make a, a new tribe of man and a, a new little nation, as it were, of the survivors. Um, whether that fits in with biblical prophecy or not, I don't know, but it does it does tell me that I think America is the Babylon of the Revelation, the modern Babylon, and it will be destroyed rapidly and burn. What will cause the burning war? Uh, atom bombs, uh, uh, a massive uh, hail of uh, small meteorites that are hot and set fire to fields and stuff everywhere. I don't know. But uh, are all of our nukes in a meltdown, Holly said. No, that's true. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, if electricity stops and we have to run on reserves as far as all the hundred and some odd reactors, nuclear reactors that got here in the United States, uh It'll run out, and eventually, what will happen is they'll melt down, and we'll have you know, Fukushima a hundred times over on the, the North American continent. My so goodness! We could, uh, you know, just bring ourselves to ruin. Just looking at the Drudge Report here, uh, progressives warn 1970 styles bombings are are coming. Uh, you know, Capitol Police threat uh, the probes expand. Uh, threat probes expand. You have Sarah Huckabee Sanders getting Secret Service protection. And then we have all these different uh, people in Trump's administration being protested. Uh, Stephen Miller's apartment, uh, Mitch McConnell and his wife, we went over that earlier. I've never seen anything this bad. We might burn ourselves down, Stan, before uh, the Lord could even destroy us at this rate. Well, you're right, you're right. I mean, it's, it's the Civil War itself may bring us to our knees. It's yeah. going to be uh, quick, and if, if, it's, if it's literal, in one hour has your destruction come, Babylon. If it's that quick, then it's going to have to be something pretty big. Uh, happening at the same time. Mm. That if it's literal, I don't know if it one hour means in a short space of time or one hour. Um, but nuclear attack would certainly do it. Um, nuclear attack on our nuclear facilities, our, our reactors and stuff would do it. Um, and then a, a rather long shot would be um, a shotgun effect of a bunch of small little rocks and an asteroid that breaks up and spreads all over the United States and sets fires, or or an EMP attack which causes the, the pole transformers and all the high-tension wires across the United States, the whole grid, on those poles, they can develop uh, high voltages when the EMP hits and short to ground and cause the ground around the poles to catch fire, you know, the, 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 the uh, foliage and stuff around it. And if that happens, it will cause fires all over the country at the same time it wipes out our, our, uh, our grid. <laughs> yeah. God bless you, they said, Holly. <laughs> Whoops, she said. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Uh, we've been getting a lot of dust here with all the wind. Goodness gracious. And, and uh, 
you know, in closing, I, I've just noticed something. I was talking with a, a gentleman who was, uh, it, uh, it seems like this summer, spring, whatever you want to call it, has been exceptionally windy. Yes. Any, any comments on that? Oh, oh, we couldn't agree more. The, the, the winds that we've seen here are just a legend. I mean, we've never seen anything like it before. The season has been just blowing us away. And with super hot temperatures, you have like a, uh, you know, I guess they're bordering on a Sirocco, you know, a uh, uh, hot desert wind uh, because we're in the high desert. Um, but it's it's confused the birds and stuff. I mean, they started spring some time back, and we've already had uh, uh, finches and uh, robins and uh, a quail. They've all hatched a, a lot. And now that we've got a finch in the front door starting another nest right now as though it were spring, uh, they're oh, all confused. Goodness. So... I, I agree with whatever that uh, person was saying that the, the winds are unusual, yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. the, I, I think it's going to get worse. I think the the driver is still going to be the sun, and uh, the radiations from the sun. There's something wrong there in the ultraviolet range, and I think we're heating up from the sun and not from you know human activity so much. It's mainly the sun. Wow, very interesting, very topical, very relevant. Man, as always, this is a great discussion. And, and again, I want to thank you for all of your hard work, your research, and and uh, folks, Cosmic Conspiracy, uh, the final edition, 2010, I believe, but still relevant today, if not more so. Dare to prepare. I don't mention those. We don't mention those enough. Uh, Stand on Holy Day, and of course, uh, EMP protection device. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. That's going well for you. It is. It is. We've. Um been setting up all the paperwork uh, company name and uh, legal work and signing documents and getting employees lined up uh, you know for the, the new factory and uh, um, we're dealing with the army at the moment and uh, possibly another government agency as well we've been mentioning some government reports already about you know our research in that area so it takes a while for people to understand what we're doing and to say ah we need those yeah and that's what they're doing that's what they're doing well, I would urge everyone to, to grab a hold of uh, the books, EMP Protection, of course. Go to HagmanReport.com, click on the link there, and uh, check it out. Joe. Stan, thank you so much for joining us. As always, it was a great show, and uh, we'll see you back here next week. Lord willing, that sounds like a plan, and uh, we'll have another Fireside Chat. All right. Sounds great. Right. And again, th- thanks for humoring me. And, uh God bless I you. I guess not. Humoring, that's disgusting. God bless you. I want to also thank Pastor Paul Begley and all the wonderful callers we had uh, in the first hour. We're going to try and, and incorporate more calls uh, with with all the free time that we do have uh, on the show. We're going to try We're to incorporate do that calls. More. So, uh, thank the, you, guys. The listeners are so intelligent, in my yeah, view. So. It added a lot. Extra yeah. dimension to the show. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great night.